What's up, everyone? Welcome to a kind of special Wednesday edition. It's like uh, we've gone back to the way it was. Yeah, the way we were. Yeah. Matt, unfortunately, can't make it tomorrow, so we had to bump up the show a day. Uh, sorry, we tried to message it on the site today and via Twitter, but I'm sure a lot of people probably did not get the message. But here we are for the first time since the robbery. We have our full setup. We have all three cameras. Got the TriCaster rocking, which we've now fondly named the TriForce. Hmm. Now to survive the robbery. Uh, so, yeah, we've got our full setup today. We actually started on time, which is good. I got here a little bit earlier today to get things rocking. So we are good to go going forward, which is exciting. Uh, a couple things to uh, talk about before we move on. Today on the site, Cruise launched. Uh, we haven't officially promoted it yet on the site. We want to make sure everything is working the way it should. Uh, people have already been using it. Matt, you said you already got a crew invite. I got one. I only just figured out what it was because it was uh, it was M E N seven, so the Mass Effect. At first, I was like Men seven. What the hell is that? <laughs> what am I? What am I? I don't join Men seven. I don't know what that is. So but if you don't know, what well, Cruise basically, if you are an old member of GameTrailers.com, we had things called factions. Uh, crews are kind of the same thing, but they're a little more advanced than what we had on GT. Uh, but basically what they are are private groups that you can set up and create and invite people to uh, for a particular topic. Like today, somebody set up a Sifted Sports crew, and I joined the Sifted Sports crew, and we're going to use that to organize a real fantasy football league uh, for Sifted coming up. I'm already getting into the fantasy football thing. Like, now that hockey's you over. Yeah, I, never. <laughs> yeah. I did my first research. Watch out. Yeah. You join Shane's fantasy football league. He will hold you to shit. <laughs> like, this is, you, are, you are not playing with an amateur here. No, I've been playing fantasy sports for 20-some years now. Shane's but... draft days are legendary in this city. They are, yeah. I don't know if we'll have one that good because everybody lives all over the place for Sifted. Oh, he's going to make you all come to his house. <laughs> I, I, that's how it's going to happen. I guarantee you. It's all, he's going to be like a, a Skype that you have to be on for nine hours straight that's, that's what we happen. do yeah but anyway so that's what it is it's like special groups you can set up you can set up one for movies or television in fact i think i got one for television today um so basically how it works is you go to the community and there's a link right there in a the header that you can go to and if you look in the list of forums that we have one of the forums is basically a place for people to recruit for crews uh, so you can go in there, uh, you can look for crews that people have already started to join, or you can create your own. It's very easy, uh, simple to use, simple to join if you're into it. Like, <laughs> Matt's, as Matt showed, you get notifications if someone invites you to a crew. Someone, someone just mentioned, uh, Justin Horman just mentioned that he imagines you wear one of those accountant visors. And he does! <laughs> he has done that! Like, you think you're kidding, but mm-mm, mm-mm. Yeah, I guess I should say, if any of you are interested in playing in a real fantasy football league uh, this season, you should jump in there. You'll go, like I said, just go to the communities, look for the forum that says crew recruitment, and go in there, and you'll find the uh, Sifted Sports crew. But anyway, you guys can set up crews for whatever you want. Um, we don't necessarily okay them. We kind of let you guys create whatever you want. However, we, we do have the right to go in and look at crews, any crew that's set up to make sure everything that's going on in there is a-okay and nothing illegal or nothing shady's going on. So... Our mods will be trolling the crews to make sure you guys aren't doing stuff you shouldn't be doing in there. Uh, but otherwise, we're going to give you guys the uh, license to pretty much do whatever you want with them. So basically, they're private forums. You can chat and organize game or games or whatever you want to do with them. So really excited for that. Uh, also, should mention achievements are almost here, which is something that was promised on the site from the very beginning. Um, they are all on the cusp of being implemented. The only thing we have left to do is get all the icons created for our achievements. So that might actually take a little while. We're talking to a couple artists right now uh, and going to pay them to build the uh, icons for those. But yeah, so achievements are coming to the site soon as well. 
And honestly, once achievements in the cruise are done, that's pretty much feature complete of what we promised uh, for Sifted when we first started talking about it. So that's a huge, huge milestone. Cruise going live is a big milestone for us. Uh, but once achievements are done, feature complete, Sifted, finally. Uh, I apologize for it taking so long, but I think a lot of you guys have been along for the ride and have seen all the crazy stuff that's happened in the last year. Uh, other things jumping in front that we wanted to implement, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, really excited to see Sifted finally in its complete form. All the parts have come together to form Voltron for Sifted at this point. So really excited for that. Can't promise you when achievements will go live. I will say, though, that a lot of you are going to get like a whole bundle of achievements as soon as they go live because we've been tracking what you guys have been doing all this time. So when the achievements go live, they're going to be retrofitted, so to speak. So you guys will get like ding, 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 like achievement, 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 like right after another. Um, and you will get notifications on the site when you get an achievement, a little pop-up will pop up, letting you know that you got an achievement. Uh, really excited about it, and it should be cool. Uh, we're not going to tell you what the achievements are for. You have to kind of discover them all on your own. You guys will be able to share on the forums. Oh, I got this achievement, and this is what I had to do to get it. Uh, there are some that may never be attained. Uh, there are some that will take a lot of dedication uh, as far as surfing sifted to get. Uh, but yeah, there'll just be more badges of honor for you guys who have been supporting the site from the beginning. So I think that's it. I think we're ready for the show. We're, mm -hmm. we're still, I've been watching a lot of the podcasts this week and everything. Everyone's still kind of hanging on to E3 a little bit. Yeah. We're going to do a People little bit of that. Sick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did not get sick at E3 yeah, this I year. I usually don't, but like, well, I, know, I know there's usually an E3. It's not as bad as the PAX Pox. Yeah, yeah. Even I've gotten a little after pack. Maybe I shouldn't be saying this yet because I, maybe I'm not out of the woods yet for me three. But uh, somehow it seems like I survived without any major illness anyway. Well, the key so. is to uh, if you drink enough, you make your body a toxic environment right. for the bacteria. So <laughs> it's sterilized from the inside. I accomplished that plan. part. So cactus party's good for that. <laughs> it is definitely. So did we ever get to the guy who won that? No, nope, that guy is still not replied. Oh, I should bring that up, actually. So we never did get the tickets to anybody. We were still waiting for the guy to reply, and by the time we figured out he wasn't going to make it, it was kind of too late to give it to somebody else. However, uh, we sent one last chance email to the, to the guy because he also won, like, a swag bag. Um, we sent one last notice to the guy, told him he has one week to reply. If he doesn't reply back, uh, then we'll award the swag bag to somebody else who was a new subscriber in May. So... You know, if you're a new subscriber from May, you still may have a chance to get the swag bag. And it's loaded full of cool stuff. It's definitely something mm -hmm. worth getting. So, it's a good uh, bag. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think with that, it's time to get to the big six. All right. So we've talked about all the big games of E3 a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, we did our big pre-E3 show that was like three hours of preview of E3. We did our best of E3 show, which... Talk about most of the best and brightest. I feel like there's maybe a couple that were left off the list. Um, but there's also games from E3 that we haven't talked about at all. We didn't talk about before the show. But coming out of the show, they kind of really impressed us. And we feel like it's something that we should get onto your radar. So Matt and I have both picked three games that we feel like have been going under the radar through E3 and even leading up to E3 that we want to share with you guys so maybe you can put them on your radar and you can start thinking about them as something you may want to purchase. So... Matt, what is the first game that you've kind of plucked out of E3 as something people should keep an eye on? Uh, the first game in that category, I would say, would be uh, Sniper Elite 4. Yeah. I saw um, a couple demos of that game looking mm -hmm. pretty darn good. I played a 30-minute played a demo of it. Because um, I love one of the things I like doing in E3 is I like going around to uh, like the smaller developers, the yeah. more independent. Not necessarily independent, because like Rebellion has been around forever. They do a lot of big stuff. They also had a, that VR uh, Battlezone game that they let me try. 
uh, while I was waiting for the sniper demo, and uh, that was pretty cool too. I mean, it's, it's like it, it's a little bit like that kind of um, you know VR toy thing, but like it's tr it's Tronny enough uh, yeah. that I dug it. But Sniper Elite Four, I've never played any of this normal Sniper Elite games. I played oh, really? the I played the the zombie Nazi ones. Um, just because I think like they 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 sold like the zombie army trilogy cheap in a Steam sale at some right. point like a year or two ago. So I played that, but most people know I think know Sniper Elite as the the game where you can shoot a man's balls off in in slow mo <laughs> X ray bullet time. That's a new feature time. for this one, by the yeah. way. Um, <laughs> They've always had like the slow mo bullet time thing. Well, actually, just yeah. the last game I think incorporated. The last one had that. Yeah. Where it shows like the X ray of the body yeah. getting shot and like the bones inside breaking. It's a yeah. little bit like. Mortal Kombat X, yeah. I guess. And you get points based on yeah. what you do. Yeah, you get extra points for a shot through the eye. You get an extra point for taking out their kidneys. You the get, gonads. I mean, there's there's some brutal hits in this game. There are, yeah. So the thing about this game, and I don't know precisely how much is added in this one versus how much is uh, you know new to the new to this one versus how much has been around for a couple of games. I don't know. I haven't played Sniper Elite 3. Um, but this, this what you're seeing here is actually the demo that they had us play. And it was pretty cool because, like, it was sort of it's sort of like World War Two sniper meets Hitman, where yeah. like they kind of dump you in this level, and there's all these there's a main objective and there's all these side objectives. You can do you can approach it however the hell you want, and you just look around, and um, like you see there, like you could, I, you know That's that guy, clever, yeah. that guy I shot. <laughs> I don't in the know head. if a bullet would actually like collapse the whole platform. Like Depends that, how but... shoddily built it was. And remember, <laughs> these are Germans. They would have built that thing well. We know that German engineering. Um, but like. <laughs> And of course, I was shot for the face, when, you know, because you, yeah. you do the breath thing, you get the X-ray thing. It's really cool, and it's like, oh my god, I shattered his jaw! Like the jaw just shatters off the guy. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, so I did, I did, uh, you know, accomplish the mission. I didn't do all this stuff, but like, there's so much stuff you can do, and so many different ways to approach things. And like, they'll throw like little optional things at you as you go through the area, and uh, like, it's just, it, it's like Hitman in the sense that like you can. Uh, approach it however you like. You can go loud, you can go stealthy, you can like do a mix of both, and it really sort of it's willing to meet you halfway in terms of like, okay, you blow your cover, everything's going, but it gives you a chance, like if no one else sees it, didn't have, it's not like one of those like, oh, you blew your cover because like one person saw you and now the entire camp knows you're there because right, they're psychic, right? right? Yeah. Like it's very much like, oh, can you stop that guy before he radios in or before he waves to somebody else or before they call to somebody else? Like then you, you're good, you got it. Um, and I just thought it was really a satisfying, fun game. Like, it made me want to go home and get Sniper Elite 3, because I'm like, well, how have I not been playing this series? The, the question I've always had and the problem I've had with this series in the past is that the sniping part of it is great, but things start to get a little janky mm. whenever you don't snipe and you're actually just, like, if you try to run up on the enemies and actually have, like, face-to-face -face combat with them... The game doesn't handle that quite as mm -hmm. well as it does this. And look, I get it. it's Sniper Elite. That's the name of the series. Right. And it's built around sort of sniping. But I also found a lot of instances when I played the last one where sniping, I, there was really no way to use a sniper rifle in certain instances. And it felt a little awkward to me. Did mm -hmm. you find yourself in that situation when you played the demo at all? No, I mean, there were a couple of times when I, early on I didn't understand quite what I was doing. And I shot a guy with a sniper rifle and a bunch of guys came to investigate. And I didn't realize they could get to me right. from where they were. And all of a sudden I hear like behind me, it's like, it's like hold on, you know, like people are like talking in German. I'm just like, yeah. that's, that's not mine, guys. You know, like, <laughs> and I had to, basically I had to fight him off with a pistol because the only thing I had that was silenced. Uh. And, um... And also the sil you know, people a lot of people don't know, silencers on guns don't 
make it silent. Yeah. And they just like muffle it to the point that you can't really you can hear it, but you can't tell where it came from. Right, right. And that's how the sound of the silencer is in this. Like you'll still alert people nearby, but uh-huh. they like won't quite know where to look for you. Which is it's I not like was most really games cool. where you put the silencer. Yeah, it's on not like James Bond. Like, or like <laughs> game next to somebody. It doesn't do that. They never even hear it. Yeah. And also. There's no such thing as a sound for a shotgun. Like you can't yeah. do that. I don't know what I don't know who came up with that one, but it's, it's not really a thing. Yeah. Um, but I had to use the pistol to like fight these guys off and kill them fast, so they wouldn't alert, alert anybody. everybody else. And yeah. it was fine. Oh, yeah. like, I, I did not have a problem with it. Um, and there's tons of weird little things you can do. You can add timers to like explosives, and like, or you can like step back and shoot them from a distance. And like, you know, I. I took out an entire. I, I took out an armored vehicle with my sniper rifle, like shooting its exhaust system and blowing oh, wow. it out, and like it crippled it. Lots so of I little get details past. like that. It was, uh, yeah, it was a little. The physics are really good. The whole like, you know, everything looks nice. Like I did, I pulled some really nice moves. Frankly, some really nice moves. Like I, I did some, made some mistakes, and yeah. the, they three guys sort of figured out what bush I was in, uh-huh. and they're like, all right, there's only one. You know, I don't know where is he. Only one way to find out. And they get the one guy goes in and goes to poke me, and I just kind of go. Like knife in the face, oh, nice. and they're like what? And I go, boom, boom, and they're down. But they're the only ones who came to investigate, so I it didn't alert the whole right, place. Right, right. Even That's though good, I had, man. I hate games where like yeah. one enemy catches you and like the whole mission yeah, just it goes didn't to do crap. that at all. So I and which is like frankly probably the main reason for my very positive. You know, I've played sniper and you know sneaky games that were like you know on par, but like the fact that I it it. It acknowledged that like everyone in a in a in a military installation doesn't already know you're there just yeah. because their friends saw you 500 yards away. Like I, I really appreciated it. Like you know, it played it straight for both you and the enemy, and it was good. I so I, I I'm definitely gonna keep my eye on it. Okay, my first game I'm gonna talk about is a game called The Surge. Um, I'm shocked that this game hasn't generated more buzz from E3, uh, mainly because the developers themselves have billed this game as a sci-fi futuristic Dark Souls. Um, oh yeah, I saw I saw I saw a demo of this from through Sifted. It was yep. like the guy in the exoskeleton. Yep, it's yeah. like a Dark Souls with robots. Like every encounter matters. It's an action RPG. There's lots of crafting. Uh, not only just the weapons that you use, but also your abilities and your buffs you craft. Um, there's exploration is essential to the game. The developers have said that if you don't explore and find things to craft with, there's no way to complete the game. Um, they have just full-on admitted, and at this point, I really don't even know if I have a pro- an issue with developers saying this, that they've tried to emulate Dark Souls. Mm-hmm. Like, they haven't made any bones about it. A lot of these indie games, like, some of the developers will be like, well, you know, we've got to put our own spin on it. Like, these guys are just straight up, like, we love that series. Mm-hmm. But we'd like a different setting with kind of the same tone and the same gameplay. We like Dark Souls, but we'd also like more robots. Yeah, we'd also like money. So and too. the problem, I would say, is that the pedigree of the studio that is building this game, and I can't remember its name right now for some reason, is not amazing. It's not a studio that you've heard of or that's built a lot of great games. I didn't recognize the name. And so, you know, there's, there's certainly reason for alarm it. there. And look, I don't dislike the setting of Dark Souls or Bloodborne yeah. or Demon's. In fact, I like it. Like, I really like the setting for those games. But I also think that there's room for the same type of game, but with different settings and, and different tones. It's, it's not, like, all dark and dank like the Dark Souls games. It still seems a little bleak, mm. which I think you almost have to have for... You almost need an oppressive tone for a game that's kind of oppressive to play. Uh, and look, I, I realize I'm not a... 
I'm not a big evangel for games like Dark Souls or Demon Souls. I respect the hell out of them, and I respect that people do like them. Um, so this isn't for me. This is for you. This is me finding a game from E3 that I think a lot of our users would be into and trying to get it front and center for you guys to check out. There's not much media for this game out there. There's like no. one trailer, one teaser, and like a very short demo that they showed on a couple stages at E3. So it's not easy to dig up information. And a really generic title. Yeah, it if is. I, if I may be so it, bold. It, it is, for sure. Because I watched that whole demo because uh, I found it on Sift. Because like, I think the Sifted blurb was something like, Sci-fi Dark Souls. I'm like, all right, yeah. I'll watch the hell out of that. Yeah. And I, I, I had no idea when you sent this rundown. I had no idea what the surge was. Yeah. And I'd watched it and been like, oh, that looks pretty good. That's what it is. And so, if this is something you guys might be interested in, use Sifted. Go to Sifted. Search for the surge. Go to its game page. Click the little icon next to the game's name on the page and follow the game. And anytime we publish anything new for the surge, it will pop up in the top of your Sift to make sure that you don't miss it. So. Highly recommend checking this game out, especially if you're into these types, types of games. Um, it's the same but different, which I think is kind of what's needed at this point. Because the one thing I would say about like all these indie games that are like, it's the side-scrolling Dark Souls, is that it actually looks just like Dark Souls. Yeah. Like It's this kind of medieval, like really dark and dreary type game. This is something totally different, and I think it should be on your radar. Uh, make sure you check it out on the site. What's your next pick, Mac? Next pick is the Technomancer. Um, another focus game. I'm really confused by this game. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, we just got it yesterday, and I haven't really had a chance to even start playing it yet. I booted it up, like, after it downloaded mm. or whatever, and just kind of played, like, the first, like, ten minutes of it. I don't really know hardly anything about it. I didn't know it existed until about a week before E3 when something popped up about it on Sifted. Yeah. Um... But I played the previous game, uh, Mars Warlogs, which it takes place... See, I didn't even know there yeah. was a previous game. Mars Warlogs was not an international hit, really. Yeah, I'm guessing um, not. <laughs> but I got it cheap on Steam year, back when it came out years ago, or shortly after it came out, and um, played it. It's, it's, a, it's an action RPG uh, with just the right amount of Euro jank. Yeah. If you, know, you know what I mean. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. Um, and, like, you know, just, like, the voice acting is... Terrible, but not terrible enough to put you off it. Yeah. The, the story is generic, but has just enough like interesting ideas in it that you're like, oh, okay. And like, so you know, you, I mean, it start. The first act is like a, you have warlogs is like you're breaking out of a prison, a Mars prison, and it's just like the most generic like. This game's also thing. set on Mars. Yeah, it's yeah. it's like the whole thing seems to be set in the same Mars. Because there are technomancers in the first game, and you become a technomancer in the first game, or you were, ah. and you. When you escape the prison in the first game, you kill the Technomancer that's running the prison and you steal his glove. Technomancers have, like, electrical magic. They say it's magic, but it's actually electrical. Like, they shoot lightning. Yeah. And he steals one of and the gloves. And you can imbue your weapons with that as well, yes. right? Yeah. So he steals one of the gloves and, like, you use that for the rest of the game because you're, you're a Technomancer that, that quit, right? <laughs> so this game is a, is a sequel to that. It's not narratively related to it as far as I know, but it is in the same universe. And you play a Technomancer who is actually actively a technomancer at the beginning of the game and you can uh, yeah as you can see it's it's very uh combat oriented melee so there's you can either play as like uh staff which you see there yeah. you can play as sword and gun which you see there which is more of the rogue class uh -huh. and then you have uh the melee class which is a giant club and a metal shield so if you think of it, and right, there's that. In there, yeah. So if you think of and in the, the techno, so there's those three trees, and then there's the technomancer tree, which you can use to imbue any of your weapons with electrical abilities and use them for however you see fit. 
So it's not too far off. Kind of imagine Mass Effect made on a really low budget. <laughs> like imagine kind of Mass Effect, but like much smaller scale with no other planets and mostly melee combat. But yeah. like. It reminds me of something someone who was like a big fan of both Mass Effect and Robert Heinlein would have come up with. Yeah. Uh, so it was, uh, I enjoyed it well enough, and uh, to the point that when I found out that they were, because these guys also made the game Bound by Flame, yeah, which you yeah. may recall is one of the worst yeah. fantasy action it really RPGs was terrible, of yeah. recent years. This seems to be more of a return to form with the Warlogs, which uh, it, I think it shares a lot of assets or something like that. Yeah. Um, I didn't play it at E3. I did watch it be played for a while in the Sony booth, um, and uh, it looks fine. Uh, I don't know if I'm up for paying 60 bucks for it, because yeah. like, it's a full-price game on consoles, which I find surprising, because I paid 15 bucks for Mars Warlogs, and I thought that was about right. Yep. Um, <laughs> But like it's a cool, it's like kind of the, one of those types of games that doesn't get made anymore. You, can, you know, we talk about like the, the B list, game, yeah, the B list yeah. game that like just doesn't happen anymore. And this is absolutely this is it. Like a, if this was a PS2 era, this would be like the game that came out the same day as GTA 3. That like <laughs> your like weirdo friend bought instead. Right, right. You know? I thought I like the screenshots <laughs> on the back. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a crazy thing though. There's a probability this game could not be good. Yeah. But. If you look at this game, like it's crazy how good bad games can look now. Yeah, like there's you'd a couple, never know. There, I mean, there's parts of it that kind of tip its hand. Like the characters don't look amazing, but there's other parts where like the creatures and everything and the lighting, it's like mm. wow. Like oh, it the same, looks it's the same good. with the uh, the the last one with Mars Warlogs. Like they've got some great artists on that game. Like I don't know about the programmers necessarily or the level designers, but like you know they they do their job. But, like, some of the creatures in this, like, they're, they're all done as, like, supposedly, like, they're, they're Earth creatures that, like, were brought to Mars and then, like, hyper-evolved to fit the, 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 the harsh planet. Right. So, like, the dogs in this series are not dogs. They're hyper-evolved lobsters or, like, like <laughs> shrimp or something. So they've got, like, these really long, like, lobstery like, faces and, like, yeah. you, can only, you can only hurt them from behind because they're armored on the front with right. a shell. Right. Um, and then you steal their shells and use them to make, like, shoulder pads for your jacket. Kind of so cool. if you're into that kind of thing, yeah. uh, I suggest, I don't suggest pre-ordering it, but I suggest keeping an <laughs> eye on it. Because yeah, this, yeah. Could, this could be a fun thing to pick up in like a Steam I think we could, we're saying that about a lot of the games we're talking yeah. about in this topic. Like, yeah. we're not saying these games are going to set the world on fire. We're saying that they're, they're games that probably fell under the radar that maybe mm -hmm. shouldn't have, that it should got a little bit more attention than they did. Yeah. Yeah. And like, even if this is a kind of a Euro jank sort of like, you know, maybe more, most people would see it more as like a Steam sale pickup. Yeah. Um, it's got a heart. Like, the, like the, the people who are making, I don't know about Bound by Flame, but like the guys who are making <laughs> these games, the Mars games, like they got a mythology going, they got some lore in the back they haven't told us about, and like they, whatever, they think this world has like some potential and they're sticking with it, and I kind of appreciate that. Well, they're being smart, right? Because if, if it does come to a point where this series does eventually take off and does get up to that kind of AAA level, then they've already built the lore so that people can go back and look at it. Mm -hmm. And it, it's important to build that world, yeah. regardless of how good your game is. So, other thing I should mention: game comes out next week, next Tuesday. It's gonna be twenty uh, eighth. Yeah. Originally yesterday got delayed a week. a week. Yep. So it comes out on the twenty eighth. You won't have to wait long. Like I said, I got it yesterday. Probably gonna do a game about for it. Uh, if it's not too god-awful. Like, I do not mm -hmm. do game evals for games typically that are just atrocious because there's very little point, to be honest. Right. So, 
We'll see. I'm going to give it a whirl. Play, you know, I'll play at least 10 to 15 hours of it, and I'll be back next week probably to tell you how it is. But uh, we'll see about the game eval. But yeah, that was also that was going to be one of my picks. But then when Matt sent me the text message saying that he was going to use it, I'm like, okay, I'll find something else. So uh, Mars Warlogs wins again. <laughs> so my next pick, I'm cheating a little bit. I'm actually going to pick two games that are kind of similar. So the first game I'm going to talk about is Ever Oasis. Um, Ever Oasis was debuted for the first time ever at E3. This looked pretty good, I thought. Yeah, one of the few games that Nintendo showed other than Zelda during its live stream. And it's, uh, it's a Japanese RPG, but it's an action RPG. A lot of the JRPGs on the 3DS are all turn-based. This one actually has real-time combat. Um, it's built by the same team that created the port of Majora's Mask 3D for the 3DS. So... That was a pretty excellent port, so they built a little bit of a pedigree. I also believe that the lead developer on this worked on maybe Secret of Mana. I could see that. Not just 100% hundred percent certain on that, but I believe I remember reading somewhere that that's where this, the guy who is the main developer comes from. Um, you know, I would say one thing. There is a deluge of 3DS JRPGs, like so many, that it's almost impossible to keep track of them and remember what each one does a little differently. But this one, I do know what it does differently. It... Uh, you're basically rebuilding your village. So there's kind of like a game tool component to it. So as you make progress through the dungeons, you come back and you're kind of rebuilding your village. First you build like a store, and then from the store you can buy other things to help you build out the rest of it. So there's this whole kind of town building mechanic behind it. Um, I guess what I'm trying to say is, you probably feel the same way as me. There's so many JRPGs in the 3DS, it's hard to keep track of them all. I'm telling you, this is one that you should keep an eye on. Um, if you played Majora's Mask, the port that they did for the 3DS was impeccable, amazing work. I'm sure that's why they ended up getting this project signed with Nintendo. This is a first-party game, by the way, that's being published by Nintendo. This could be another second-party studio that Nintendo ends up taking under its wing. Um, game looks great, though. They showed a ton of it at, uh, at E3. They did like a 30- or 40-minute demo. It is not like early in development. It is a long, a long ways into development. So shouldn't have to wait too long to actually get your hands on it. Um, yeah, if you're into JRPGs, I definitely recommend keeping an eye on this one. Just for the fact that it's got real-time combat. That's a big deal to me. So, uh, so the other game I want to talk about is a very similar game, which is why I kind of cheated and picked two. And that game is Dragon Quest Builders. Um, if you've been on Sifted since it launched, we curated a ton of stuff for this game when it was being released in Japan. It seemed like when we first... When it was first announced, it got a lot of interest, and it kind of waned over time. But I honestly feel like this might have been the best game in Square's booth. <laughs> like, that was a bold statement. It's not that bold. <laughs> <laughs> the game did pretty Leave well in Japan. Deus Ex, and I really have no counter-argument. Yeah. So here's the thing with this game. A lot of people are saying, oh, it's a, it's Minecraft RPG. And I think that's probably a good way to describe it. But for me personally, like... I've always wanted to like Minecraft, but there's never been a good enough reason in the game for me to get into it. So I've tried it. I've even tried that game like three times. Like I'm always like, I'm missing something. I'm not getting something. So I've given it like so many different chances. It's never really stuck with me for whatever reason. So this game though, it is a full on action RPG with world building as a part of it. So, you know, and in Minecraft, you build your house, and you have to wait for the creeps to like come at night. Well, this is like around the clock, build your fortress, worry about attacks. But there's also a full story and a full regular RPG 
built all around sort of the building element of the game. So I feel like it's doing what Minecraft probably should have done by now. Because, I mean, mm. Minecraft's been out for what now? Eight years? Yeah. I mean, Minecraft does have kind of a... They have some not a story, but a, but a progression. Like yeah. you, there's an, the Ender Dragon, and they're like, you know, you can, you can get to some places, you yeah. can do some stuff. But it's nothing like this. No, like this is a full on like 40 hour like RPG, all built around the building component. And I feel like you know because it's from Square Enix, I feel like it's kind of been looked past because Square Enix has all these other big games that have a lot more hype. Dragon Quest isn't huge here in the West, um, but it was just announced that it is coming to the West. Um, and I think it's something everybody should keep an eye on. It's something different. And that's one thing I came out mm. of E3 thinking is, man, where's like the different games? It didn't seem like there was a whole lot of them. Even the indie stuff, like it may have a unique art style to it, but a lot mm. of times the gameplay was the same Like for a lot of the games. Yeah, it's kind of like how um, I th one, of the, one of the games I thought about uh, picking here was uh, Bound. Yeah. Um, but, yep. in the, but in the end, I was realized like, it wasn't really that interesting in terms of like what you're doing in the game. It's more interesting in terms of Art style, yeah, and in terms of games that are actually doing something new and although well, Dragon Quest kind of has a history, especially with Rocket Slime Adventures, like yeah, like I've had a pretty good time with some of the Dragon Quest spin-off games. Yeah, I just feel like this is, and again, it's a Japanese game, and when we curate stuff for this game, at least over the last few months before it was announced for the West, we were rating it pretty low in our admin, which means it was probably appearing pretty low in everyone's sift, and. Uh, that's because it literally they had released like 500 pieces of media for this game, hmm. like out of Japan. And as time went on, people got less and less interested in it. And you can always tell we have the, the internal stats to see if people are watching stuff. And so you can see when interest starts to wane. And it's a natural curve that happens for every game, even if it's a Western game. And so we generally start rating content for games a little lower as they've been announced and that, that time has gone on. Uh, but now this has been announced for the West and we're starting to see Western trailers. You'll probably start to see this game popping up in your sift a little more. Uh, but I definitely think it's something you guys should keep on your radar. There was really no other game like it at E3. And if you're like me and you want to like Minecraft, but there's just not enough game there for you, I think this might be the perfect middle ground for you. So, Is there a release date for it? Or when uh, I think it's Q4, like towards mm. the end of the year. I don't think there's a hard date for it yet. But uh, yeah, it's not too far away. So mm. what's your next one, Matt? Next one is Yakuza 0. That's a good pick. Legends. Yeah, apparently they're Is that like it. subtitling it in That the was West? on the trailer. Like ah. the, the, so I guess they're calling it that to make it not look like it's <laughs> low rated or something. <laughs> I don't know. I love the Yakuza games. Um, I think there's nothing else quite like them right now. Yeah, and there's for a long time. forever. I don't think there has uh, been. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I don't, it was not playable on the floor as far as I saw, but they were doing demos of it and they had the, the director of the series there signing autographs and giving like little, little presentations. And um, I just love these games to death. They are just this perfect mix of, like, Japanese melodrama and, like, crime story and just complete ridiculousness. I think, too, if you've ever actually been in Japan or Tokyo, that oh, yeah. it adds an extra layer of it enticement it to the, it. There's, a, there's an authenticity to them that is yeah. amazing. And I didn't... The first time... It wasn't the first time, but, like, I, after I played the first game... The first game is a legitimate, like, one-to-one map of the red light district yeah, of Tokyo, yeah. <laughs> Kabuki Cho. And um, I, I played it for like 50 hours, and then we went to Japan for the for the Tokyo Game Show, and we ended up there at one, yeah. one night, and I was like, oh, there's a bar over here. Is this over <laughs> here? Like, I'm talking to the stairwells. Yeah. Like, it is accurate to that level, and so uh -huh. that was great. 
Um, and beyond that, that game, they've just made it better and better and more and more melodramatic and more and more ridiculous and just ignore that weird stop off with the zombie yeah, spin-off yeah. game. That was, I, I don't, <laughs> know, I don't know what that was. Yeah. It was fun, but it was kind of bad. Um, but they're all, I think they're all worth playing. If you've never played them, um, uh, I would say pick up three or four on like PSN and start there. You can uh, get them for probably ten bucks, fifteen yeah. bucks. Yeah, because Zero is telling the story of the main character of the series when he was younger. It's a prequel. Yeah, because yeah. when Yakuza One, it starts with him. He's an established kind of mid-level Yakuza guy, and he takes the fall for something his boss does, and there's a there's a whole thing. But he has a, he has a history in the in the um, organization, and this is going to tell how he became. Uh, the Rising Dragon, basically. Yeah. Um, and they're just sort of like, I mean, people say they're kind of a spiritual successor to Shenmue uh, in the sense oh, yeah. that you're kind I of running around that. an open world. A lot of it's socially based. Like, There's no real gunplay. It's no, all like it's hand all hand-hand hand combat. combat. Yeah. Uh, it's playable, which is a difference yeah. <laughs> from Shenmue. Um, and I say that as a Shenmue fan with a signed poster of Shenmue 2 on my wall. Um, it's, trust me, like, like <laughs> Yakuza is what Shenmue 3 needs to be basically, to, to be uh, a playable game in the modern era. But uh, they're finally they're bringing this out, I think, digital only um, at some point. I don't know if they have a release date, maybe Q4, maybe after that. Uh, and I highly, if you have any interest in or tolerance of, like, weird <laughs> Japanese games and kind of, like, crime syndicate stuff, like... They're good. They're real good, yeah, and they're yeah. and they're long. Like they Yakuza, Yakuza Three is like a seventy-hour game if you just do all the basic stuff and You're side right. quests. Yeah. Like, if you do everything. I have a friend who has gotten the platinum on Yakuza Three and Four, and I think he was in the hundred and twenty-hour range on each yeah, one. Yeah, they're huge, huge they're, games. You, you get you get your money's worth for sure. And uh, so yeah, I mean, I just don't. I didn't see anybody talking about this much because I think that series has found its audience, and that's all that's going to happen there. Which but is probably why it's released digitally. Right, Se- right. Sega knows it as well. Yeah, I mean, basically, like, every single Western release of this series is sort of like a, you know, we Yakuza fans don't know if we'll ever get another one. Yeah. Know? I think we'll get the next one. I, th- I think it'll probably, you know, if they do another kind of ne- next-gen one, whatever, like, I think that will probably come here as well. But it's kind of a... You savor each one as it comes out because you never know if you're going to get anything again. At least in the West. Yeah. In, in Japan, I, I'm assuming they just keep on coming out. Oh, in Japan, I think they're doing they they they're just fine. Relatively uh, speaking, for Japan. The one thing I wish they did make a remake, like an HD remake of one and two, the PlayStation Two games for eight for Wii U, that never came here. Really? Believe it or I did not. not know that. Yeah, an, it's a Yakuza HD collection or something like that. It came out for Wii U. Huh. And it's never coming here. Yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, I wish we got. I wish we gotten that in some. Point. I mean, yeah. it probably should. Like Nintendo should probably publish those everything. Over here. Like, I mean, why, everything. Seriously, any game for the Wii U that was published right. in Japan that has not come to the West, Nintendo should publish that game for the West. Like yeah, even if it's limited run. Don't make my last game Tokyo Mirage Sessions yeah. for the Wii U that I ever <laughs> buy. Be. I mean, I, I think it is. I, I mean, the next one would be Zelda, and I'm going to get that in or the Or Paper Mario, Color Splash. I'm good. Yeah. It's <laughs> not been getting great uh, impressions from E3, no. Color and Splash. And I mean, Sticker Star really soured me on that series. So yep. I don't, I, it's gonna, it's, you're going to need to have some stellar impressions and reviews on Color Splash to get me back in the fold. Doesn't look like that's coming as of right now. So my last pick is Near Automata. 
Mm. I don't know how this game has slipped through the cracks. Like, hardly anyone has talked about it. And, I mean, a big part of it is that it wasn't in Square's booth. Um, Square did a bunch of live streams during E3. Some uh, people may be afraid to say it out loud because they don't know how to pronounce it. I probably pronounce it wrong. I'm, I'm, no, to- I think you, I think I'm totally right. near. fine with being wrong. It's definitely near. <laughs> yeah. So. And uh, this game looks freaking awesome. This game is built by Platinum Games. It is a total hack and slash with light RPG elements. Um, but this looks to be Platinum's A team. Not mm-hmm. Platinum's B or C team like we got with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Transformers Devastation. Um, the cool thing about this game, and you know, Platinum always manages to find some unique way to work with combat or traversal, but what I really like about this game is, you, I don't know if you can see them right now, but yeah, you, there's those little things that float above the characters. They're like mags from Fantasy Star Online. They follow you around, but you can see there, they attack, they're like little mini guns, but you can also use them for traversal and platforming. So you can jump up and grab onto them and they will actually like fly you from like one level to another. And I don't know if we'll get to it because this gameplay is a little long and we're not gonna talk about it that long. But eventually it gets to a point where you can really use that mag, I don't know what they actually call it inside the game, for combos and some really cool things. They help you jump higher to get to bosses and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's platinum through and through. I like the art style of the game. I like the setting of the game. I like the characters. The first one was really good. Yeah, I different, was... Different developer, but still. Yeah. I was totally hooked on this game when I saw the first concept art for it, which hardly ever happens. Uh, but we had, like, concept art in this weird teaser trailer for a couple months before they finally unveiled the game in full. As you can see by watching this boss fight, it doesn't look easy. It, it just looks like a great platinum game looks a hell of a lot better than scale bound yes <laughs> what yeah. the hell I'm starting to get a little nervous about scale bound i almost i almost had that on my down yeah uh, on our on our last week's show but like it's borderline yeah Plat- platinum is not the safe bet it once was no because they they're making so many games now that they have splintered all their teams out mm-hmm. and probably what they've done is they've taken like a couple of their better developers and put them with each one of these kind of splinter teams um, and a couple people can only do so much when you have X quality of programmers, X quality of artists, X quality of animators, etc., etc. So, to me, this looks like mm-hmm. Platinum's next great game, not just another Platinum-like game based on a property that they're going to spit out in time for a movie or whatever. So, I'm really excited for this game. Again, go on Sifted, follow it. You're not going to get deluged with media from it. The game has not been over-promoted. But I also like how this bullet hell thing is kind of going on here yeah. with this boss fight. Like That's very true to the, the last 3D bullet hell. Like It's mm-hmm. it's just very If you unique. haven't played the first game, I highly recommend grabbing it for like 15 bucks on Amazon or whatever. Yeah, you could it's, probably find it cheap, even cheaper on eBay, probably yeah, it, for like 10 bucks. It's worth playing. Uh, it's pretty solid. It's very weird. The music's great. And if you play, there's a, a New Game Plus thing where you play through like, but it's not like you're just playing the game again. It tells you another angle on the world and the story. And it turns out that what you thought was the story is not the story. It's a fascinating way to approach the New Game Plus idea. Yeah, I never finished near the first one. I tried. But You're not the only one. Yeah. <laughs> we, we remember a certain certain reviews. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Can't find the minimap uh, marker. <laughs> that's right. But, I forgot um, about that. But uh, I'm really excited for this game. Hopefully you are too. Again, follow it on Sifted, and you won't get hammered media for this. It comes in a trickle. So check it out. Platinum's new thing. I think it's going to be Platinum's the next hot thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Other than Scalebound, which who knows when Scalebound's coming. 
Who knows? And if it does, I don't know. I don't know if I care anymore. Yeah, <laughs> that, I still care. I care, but that demo was um, not so much with the good. Yeah, it just seemed really uh, derivative. Other than mm-hmm. the fact that you can bring in, like, you know, it's four-person co-op, yeah. and you're bringing in your dragons with you. Like, the concept to me sounds awesome. Concept's great, but it just like, what we saw, I thought, looked... Um, generic. Generic and weightless and kind of flimsy. Well, there's the one weird. part where he jumped on, like, the weak spot, and he's like, Punching the weak spot. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Well, when he listens to his music, it gives him the spirit he needs to. to <laughs> That's right. He's got like the beat. Strike the weak on. spot and do massive. You got balls doing an E3 demo with a giant crab in it, man. Like, do, I, I, yeah. It's been ten years, but I still don't think the. <laughs> I don't think this the the. It's the still too soon. Stigma is off that yet. <laughs> there were a lot of giant, a lot of crabs in this E3. There were. We mentioned it every time they showed it in a press conference. Death too. Stranding. Like, giant enemy Death crab. Stranding. Tons and Strike tons of dead crabs. Strike it for massive damage. <laughs> All right, it's time to move on to the next topic of the Big Six. Uh, last topic was an uplifting topic, us mm-hmm. finding the dregs of E3, or, or what people may think were the dregs of E3, and lifting them up into the light for all to see. This one, not so much. So no. there are certain franchises out there that everyone gets excited over sequels. Uh, there are certain franchises for me personally, like I will never grow tired of getting another one. A lot of Nintendo franchises are like that. I'll always want another Zelda. I'll always want another Mario. Um, there are certain PlayStation franchises. That are, there's Across all platforms, there are some franchises that I, I think I could be okay with always getting another game. But then there are some that have been around for a while, or some maybe just for an installment or two, that already have kind of worn out their welcome. So in this segment, Matt and I are going to pick games that we would be totally fine if we never ever saw another installment. So, Matt, what's your first pick? <laughs> well, originally my pick was going to be Mighty Number no. 9 because yeah. I, I, I had to play some of that this week. Yeah. Being a backer. <laughs> Whoops. Had to play it. Um, well, you get the thing. You have to get your money's worth. You, you got to yeah. play it. Mmm. Mmm. Another time. <laughs> yeah. But my first pick is Bioshock. I am Bioshocked that that's one of your oh, picks. Yeah. yeah. Seriously. I love the first Bioshock. I don't particularly like Bioshock 2. I do like Minerva's Den, the, yeah. the DLC for it. That was great DLC. And I thought Bioshock Infinite was pretty good. Yeah. Um, a lot of stuff left on the cutting room floor, very obviously. Yeah. Bioshock Infinite. I feel like we're good. Yeah? Like, I don't see... I mean, you, you've, I think it's better now if Bioshock sort of influences the future and doesn't try to continue itself. Like, I th- I would be perfectly happy if stuff like uh, We Happy Few... Becomes Pick kind of picks that yeah picks up that kind of aesthetic and that idea and that narrative philosophy and sort of becomes the new Bioshock or like other you know and other games can kind of do that too. Um, I just feel like the first one was such was lightning in a bottle, uh, and both follow-ups have like kind of done it okay, but didn't quite get there. And it's they're mostly right on their art direction, and the gameplay isn't actually that great when you get down to it and it's just like either you completely overhaul that thing like god of war style yeah or just let it lie i would say i feel like uh that world i just love the universe of bioshock same it's same. so different and so weird and alien compared to all the other games out there that to me i just i wouldn't want to put a cap on it and it, look i respect your opinion a million percent and i i get where you're coming from I get where you're coming from. I there just, just, aren't I just enough... don't think I don't think it's in the tank. I just don't think it's coming. Well, I think the problem is that who develops it now? Like 
I don't think anybody knows. Like, is it is one even in development? I don't think we know. I, I would be really shocked if 2K lets his franchise die. Yeah. I, I think probably, there's but another it's also one like, coming. It's, it feels like Ken Levine has kind of moved on. And Ken, oh, he totally Ken, has. Ken is the heart and soul of yeah, why yeah. Bioshock works. No, and... I get that too. And that is a completely valid point to make on mm. why you would not want them to make another one. But I still... I, I also agree with you. Like, I would rank them Bioshock 1, Bioshock Infinite... Bioshock 2, mm-hmm. in that order. Um, but Infinite still had that little something about it, that oh, magical Infinite's, spark yeah. that's just like, I didn't want to stop playing it. And you're right, like, the shooting was generic and, like... If it had had, like, maybe, like, ha- in the second half of the game, if it had maybe half as many big gun battles, yeah. I would have been it just It did get fine. tedious, yeah. It, was just, it, just, it didn't... I feel like there was more to the base idea of that game that never made it. And like, like the whole Skyhook thing, yeah. you know, they demoed it before it came out. It seemed like it was going to be a big part of the gameplay. Ultimately, it really wasn't. No. Like it was kind of these predetermined times where you had to use it, but it really wasn't kind of woven yeah. into the fabric of the and game. And I still felt you never really got to explore the city very effectively with Elizabeth. And yeah. there was that whole thing, with the whole racial, like, tension thing and the racism that like kind of they really strongly hit when you first enter yeah yeah Columbia, and it went away it just disappears you're right yeah and like instead you're and i i just i feel like the middle of that game got cut out somehow just to make it on out, time make it on time it was also it, delayed it was very delayed yeah. and um i just there's this there's an element there's a feeling of that game where it was just like there had to be a moment where they're just like we just got to get this thing out yeah like, oh for time. sure i'm right on the fringe for this like i want to see another one just to see if another developer yeah. could do it justice. But if, mm. if I get that game and it's uninspired and it doesn't do anything mm. for me, I would totally be on the boat with you there yeah. at that point. I mean, I'll tell you, I, I do, there is part of me that really wants to see, they wants to see a Bioshock that takes place in, you know, we've had the, uh, you know, the objectivist underwater paradise and yeah. we've had the uh, insane, like, kind of, like, you know, reconstructionist, like, you know, freedom, freedom city yeah. in the sky. Yeah. I would love to see a Bioshock, and I know Singularity did a little bit of this, but I would love to see a Bioshock that takes place in that world's city dedicated to, like, communism. Like, uh, like Soviet communism. Remember, there was kind of the weird, like, flashback things in this, yes. where it took you back to, like, the 80s and on Earth. Oh, like. yeah, and Revenge of the Jedi was <laughs> yeah. playing all that. Yeah, a lot of alternate universes, they kind of dealt with the idea that, you know, none of this is, none of this is in the same timeline, or maybe it is, and then the DLC... Uh, where which was kind of like the film noir like yeah. detective story on uh, on Rapture with yeah. the same with the infinite characters was very so like there's there's meat there on the bone but like in terms of like I would almost rather just see a, a film. All right, my first pick. This may ruffle some feathers. Or maybe not. I don't think this can be argued effectively. But maybe not. Like, I don't think I don't think anyone can argue against you with this. Without like coming off as some kind of crazy person. There's lots of things that I've said throughout my career that I felt that way. There's no one's going to be angry over what I'm about to say, and then inevitably, multiple people become angry. I think there might be people who become angry, but I'd like to think that the people that watch us are not those people. Okay, so <laughs> my first pick is Sonic the Hedgehog. I honestly would not care if I never got another Sonic game. I have gone through the process I was just talking about with Bioshock Hmm. three times over with Sonic. I have given Sonic more than the benefit of the doubt. I have not even just Sonic, Yuji Naka. I have given him the benefit of the doubt as well. He, I cannot remember 
the last great game Yuji Naka made, it may have been... Did he work on Fantasy Star Online? I think he did. Some, yeah, it was yeah. Sonic Team. I man. think that might be the might be last it. great game that he worked on. And Sonic wasn't Team, Billy for that Hatcher. matter. No. Yeah, Billy Hatcher. He just had that crappy Wii U exclusive that came out. Oh, that, Rodea. That or, got yeah. completely destroyed in reviews. Like, mm. he's lost it for whatever reason. He did a couple handheld games here and there, too, that weren't terrible. But, yeah, Billy Hatcher, all the money they dumped into that game, and it was... It wasn't even really terrible. It's just completely forgettable. Yeah. Just like Rodeo. And, and very confusing. Like, you play that game, and you're like, what? There was the Knights reboot. Why? Remember that? Knights oh. into Dreams or whatever it was. Uh, Knights into Dreams in the original, which right. is great. Right. One right. of his right. best right. games. This one was Knights... What was it called? E. Someone in chat, tell us. It was like a Wii game, right? Yeah, it was a Wii game. Yeah. That game was okay. But they made Knights It still talk. wasn't great. <laughs> what the fuck was that? Yeah. So I've lost mm-hmm. faith in Yuji Naka and Sonic Team. I've honestly never liked a 3D Sonic game that much. Like, the first Sonic Adventure, like, I got it, obviously, when the Dreamcast launched because I wanted, like, eye candy. But having already played, like, Super Mario 64 at that point, like, it just felt like a piece of crap to me. I was shocked at the reviews that that game got when it came out. And then Sonic Adventure 2, I'll never forget. I reviewed that for... I reviewed the GameCube version at GameSpot after someone else had already reviewed the Dreamcast version and given it like a nine-something. Wow. A good buddy of mine, Shahed Ahmed, like I loved the guy, but he was a huge, he would admit it, that he was a huge Sega fan. Like he made no bones about it, which I respect. Like, if he, he I was, am too, but at I least he was honest. It. But he was, he was reviewing games for a living, admitting that he was like biased towards Sega. And so he reviewed... I did give, I gave the... The Dreamcast version of Sonic Adventure 2 of 4 out of 5 on extended play. That would be a bit much for me. A little high. Yeah. A little high. But well, I was so happy it. to not have to fish for a fucking frog anymore yeah, yeah. that I think I was just a, I was a little... <laughs> it threw me. It threw me. Well, he gave it like a 9. And then I reviewed the GameCube version of it that came out, I think it was like a year and a half later or something like, like that. It was like two years. Two, it's Sonic, yeah, Sonic Adventure 2 Battle or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it had like a little bit of bonus. I think it had like a battle mode in it. It had a it battle extra. mode that no one ever played. Right. And, like, yeah. and I gave it like a 6 or something like that. And oh my god. <laughs> oh my god that was back when sega still had like hardcore mm-hmm. fans dude and i got skewered and i remember this was before podcasts or anything like that but we used to do this thing called like uh game spotting where we like I wrote that yeah. we wrote like features every weekend and we collect them all and like there'd be like 10 features published at once or whatever and shahed even went into his game spotting and was like shane is right like mm. leave him alone like i reviewed the dreamcast mm-hmm. version i regret the score i gave it and that was even the last, to me, the last, like, past... There was a couple games on Wii. Sonic Colors was, was okay. okay. Sonic Generations had its moments. Yeah. That Sonic... Sonic, uh, the racing transformed game. That was oh, really great. good. Yeah, that was a great game. That's not game. a Sonic game. It's, it's not a, a Sonic it's game. It's a spinoff. It's just another game with, like, his also, skin plastered on the fu- it. Well, also, that's the, the funniest... It's more of a Sega celebration yeah. in, in a lot of ways. And also, it's just kind of hilarious in that, like... Sonic doesn't need to drive a car. What the yeah, fuck is that? He's faster than a car. And the one time they did make a racing game where he didn't have a car was Sonic R and a Saturn, and the only thing any remi- anyone remembers of that is the terrible Richard Jacques music. Yeah. Or however you pronounce it. Yeah, that game wasn't name. great either. Um, so, but, but living in the city, you know you have to survive. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, look, I'm a, I'm a Sega fan from ever, forever. Yeah. That's like, all I, I, like... I, I was a Sega fan. I, didn't, I was not a Nintendo fan. I was a Sega fan more than a Nintendo fan, and so uh, that's one reason I have sympathy for the Nintendo people right now is because um, I know what it's like to watch your favorite company go down in flames in a slow, painful process. Yeah. Um, I also know what it looks like, yeah. and that's what we're watching yeah. right now. 
but it ain't, but Nintendo's a lot more money than Sega ever had, so yeah. it, might, it probably won't end. It's as not badly. in danger, yeah. But for my money, the best Sonic game is Sonic One. Yeah, I'd agree. And that. Sonic Two is really good. Close second, and yeah. Sonic CD is pretty cool. Yeah, Sonic CD actually might be. It's got really good music. Might be my favorite. Got two actually. really good music. Two yeah. really good soundtracks because the Japanese one and the American one both pretty damn good. Yeah. Uh, but after that, it goes completely off a cliff. And up leading up to 2006, yeah, where Sonic makes where out everything with a goes human completely being. insane. <laughs> oh my god! I just honestly, I've tried. But he only makes out with the human girl um, after you've sat through 14 hours of load screens. Right. Yeah. Um, that game was just. A that ga- there's disaster. points at which Sonic 2006 spends like 10 seconds loading two lines of text. I know. It's it's the most it's unbelievable thing I've ever yeah. seen. I couldn't. I could not accept it. I feel like I've given Sonic more than enough chances. Absolutely. Like, I have played every game. Like, I, you know, I'm a fan. Like, I wanted his games mm-hmm. to be good. But I just think, in all honesty, him as a character, with his attributes and the speed that he should have, like, it just doesn't work in And his terrible friends. Like, they, they lean yeah, on the friends his as a way to... Because they've talked about how, like, the reason they don't put all... It's not all Sonic levels is because, well, you have to design this gigantic level that takes forever, and then everybody runs through it in, like, ten seconds. Yeah, you know? I can and understand I'm, that. I'm like, yeah, I, I get it, but, like, that's no excuse to make me to fish, make, with, yeah. a fe- with, fish <laughs> with a cat. Like, that's not... It's no excuse to make me fly around looking for gems as Knuckles with that terrible, terrible rap music playing. Yeah. His name is Knuckles, and unlike Sonic, he doesn't chuckle. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> like, what What the hell am I listening to here? So I don't feel so bad about picking Sonic. Uh, I don't even know if he has, like, a ton of hardcore fans anymore like he Oh, did my God. Are game. you kidding? Yeah. Sonic fans are... Like, if you want to go down the crazy, weird-ass rabbit hole of the no, internet... No, I did it. Sonic I... fans are... Yeah. And, like, and the Sonic fan art is... I'm not even talking about the porn stuff. I'm talking about, like, it's so weird. It's so, like, there's, like, a whole subsection of the Sonic fandom that's just, like, super Christian. And, like, it's just, like, (laughs) Sonic, like, meeting Jesus and stuff like that. And there's, like, a whole subsection (laughs) of, like... I'd buy a t-shirt of that. Yeah, and there's a whole subsection (laughs) of, like, you know, how Sonic Sonic should be, like, from Disney. And there's a whole section... I mean, it's just it just goes crazy. Hopefully they won't discover this episode of Game Face. (laughs) They find everything, man. Yeah, <laughs> and I have a bunch. I have some Sonic, you know, some merchandise and stuff that I, you know, because I like that. I like the character. I like the old show to some degree. The, they call it Sat Am. Sonic Sat Am stands for yeah. Saturday morning, yeah. Saturday A.M. I guess. I'm like, what? Yeah, it's I mean, called. there's still kids' cartoons and it's still out there. Property, Sonic Boom, it's still popular. But it's just like it's for whatever reason, just people these like whatever. Nobody gets it. Nobody, they, well, it's not that nobody gets it. They Sega cannot figure out what to do with it. Right. They're at a loss. Mm-hmm. I'm at a loss. I can't, couldn't help them. They hired me. I could not tell them how to make a good Sonic game. Well, so, it that's because Sonic, Sonic never had his Mario 64. Yeah. Like, so, you know, Mario, right off the bat, because Nintendo will iterate until it works, uh, figured out this is how Mario works in 3D. Yeah. And every great Mario game in 3D builds off the foundation of Mario 64. Yeah. And Sonic doesn't have that. Yeah. I, uh... I would not care if another Sonic game was never released. I just, no. I'm over it at this point. I've given it. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, one hasn't in like 15 years. I mean, the last yeah. thing I, Sonic game I really played to full completion was Sonic Adventure 2 on the Dreamcast. I think Colors was the last one I played all the way through. I didn't play that all the way through. I, play, I, didn't play, I played Colors. I play, I play almost all of them just because I got to see. Just yeah. I got to see. <laughs> see, I'm, I, that's what I'm saying. I'm beyond the point where I got to see. Yeah. I finally got to the point where I don't care anymore. Well, I didn't play the Black Knight one. Because, come on. Yeah. And uh, what was the last? I didn't play Sonic Boom. 
the, the most recent one. I don't even remember what the last one was. I mean, I watched a lot of the video. The, the I remember re- getting a demo of it at E3. Yeah, the most recent one was Sonic Boom Rise of Lyric or whatever. Yeah. Or Sonic... Uh, no, that's the one that's coming up for 3DS. That, but it was the one based on the new TV show. Yeah. And it was, like, full of glitches. It was the Crisis Engine, like, you know... Well, then like, there was the one where you had Dark... There was Dark Sonic. Remember that one? The... Yeah, there was one where there was like a black Sonic. Oh, Shadow. Shadow, yeah. That's, yeah. that's Sonic Adventure 2. Yeah. And then there was Sonic Unleashed where he turned into a werehog. Which right, doesn't, werehog. Which doesn't even make any sense because <laughs> were means man, so he's a manhog, but he's not a man. He's a hedgehog that turns into a giant wolfhog. Yeah. So he should be a wolfhog. <laughs> you couldn't even get that I right, think we're going guys. down that no. rabbit hole that Matt was talking about earlier right now. <laughs> yeah, no, if we'd gone down that rabbit hole, we'd still be talking about how he was, like, trying to hook up with a 17-year-old yeah, yeah. girl. <laughs> All right, let's move on. I think and, I've like, explained myself with Sonic. I yeah. I'll be interested to see if anyone else is, still cares oh, about Oh, unless I forget the black hedgehog that eventually got the urban, like, like pistol That's game. That's what I was talking about. Yeah. That's the one I was talking about. Yeah. yeah. He got his own spin-off game because someone thought that was a good idea. <laughs> yeah, so bad. Unbelievable. All right, what's your next pick, Mac? My next pick is maybe also going to probably ruffle some feathers because uh, it's uh, Final Fantasy. Um, look, I'm not, I don't want to prejudge Final Fantasy 15, but uh, we might be done here, Because, <laughs> yeah. um, look, this series used to define RPGs. It used to be the thing you'd look for, forward to. You know, a whole generation, my generation, looked forward to the Super Nintendo games like they were the coming of God uh, alongside Chrono Trigger. And then a generation after me did the same thing with 7, 8, and 9 on the PS1. And then uh, then 11 was an MMO. And then 12, which I really liked, was really different. And had a lot of MMO stuff in it. And I'm glad we're getting a remake of it. It's probably my second favorite Final Fantasy game. And then 13 happened, and they just just wouldn't let it go. (laughs) That's where the horse spit the bit. Right. And, uh, you know, so 13 was basically a long 40-hour tunnel. That opened up into Monster Hunter. Yeah. And then they made us play games with that same character twice more. And it got weirder and weirder. And Final Fantasy XIV became another MMO, which then got rebooted as a, as a second version of itself. Yeah. Which is actually <laughs> pretty tanked. good, but I still don't really consider it part of a numbered series because it's so different. And now yeah. 15's coming out, and judging by what we've seen so far, it may not also really live. I mean... I don't know. I just don't know. So at are this you point, telling me right now you'd be okay with never playing the Final Fantasy VII remake? No, I think that should still come out. Well, you're cheating then. Um, well, no, because it's not a sequel, is it? <laughs> Here's the thing. I don't think we ever need... Because the thing is, like, Final Fantasy's strength used to be that they'd reinvent it every time. It was the same it, yeah, you're elements, right. yeah. but they'd mix it up and make it a different thing. And, yeah. you know, there would be crystals, and there'd be Moogles, and there'd be Sid, and all and that. And I think they did that up until, like... 10, I guess. Yeah. Re- you know, really, like, in terms of like what you could recognize, yeah. for sure. And then everything kind of turned into an anime series, and it just sort of went off the rails. But um, they don't seem to be able to mix those things up in very satisfying or interesting ways anymore. And so my theory on this is like, you know what? Maybe it's time to sort of step away. Stop trying to reinvent things as like a new take on stuff. Maybe you just don't have the people to do that anymore. Um, give us Final Fantasy VII, the, the, the remake. Give, give it, Which give looks it, like it's just going to be like an action yeah, game, really. I mean, give it, give it to the kids. Give, you know, it's what they need. And either walk away and be like, okay, we gotta, we got to do other things now. Or just keep, just keep remaking the old ones. Yeah. Like, move on to a Final Fantasy VI remake in the, in the vein of VII, just because that, I'd like to see that story done with modern technology. But, like, stop trying to give us something new because I don't think they're equipped to do that anymore. You know what I think they should do with Final Fantasy? 
they should just go back to turn-based RPGs. I agree with that. I think if they made like the most incredible turn-based RPG in the history of video games, which I feel like they're capable of doing, mm-hmm. it would be insane. But instead, I feel like they've kind of lost their way trying to make their games for the West. Mm-hmm. It's like they've never managed to find real-time combat right. that felt right or felt good. Well, they're trying to please so many people that I don't think they're going to please anybody. Yeah. You're right. It's like a jack of all trades, a master of none. And if that means, if you know, if you got to go back to the term, if it's like, oh, we can't afford it in the but, well, then maybe it's time to scale these things back a bit. Yeah. Maybe it's time Final Fantasy became the B-list series. Yeah. I know that's hard to swallow, considering it's been you know a, an industry leader for as long as we've been alive almost. Yeah. But like, it's not anymore though. It's not. It hasn't been for a long time. Yeah. Like Final Fantasy Thirteen didn't influence anyone except in terms of what not to do. No. I mean, the last influence. I mean, yeah, Lightning Final got Fantasy a Louis Vuitton was... ad, but what are you gonna? You know, there's nothing. I mean, I don't, I don't even know what the last influential Final Fantasy would be. Nine, maybe? Somewhat. I mean... I really liked Nine. Nine is more of a, was actually more of a nostalgia throwback, I thought. I think it brought a lot Nine of was... Back. I don't know. I liked 12, too, though. I liked 12. I don't know if 12 influenced anything. Uh, 12... I was about to say that like Nine may have been the last Final Fantasy that, like... I really liked. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I like. I didn't want it to end. Like, the last few Final Fantasies, by the time I got to, like, that three-quarters mark, I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, I, I don't know if I have the will to, like, keep going. Because the I games was, are, like, yeah. really big and, like, long and... I would say even even though I like 12 better, I would say 9 is the last one to have some interesting... I don't think 9 followed up on its interesting ideas, but 9 had some really interesting ideas in it. And the ways... You know, it was nice to see uh, Jadon, or whatever, however you pronounce his Jadine. name. Uh, he was actually happy to be there. Yeah. <laughs> which, was, which was a rarity with, yeah. with RPG protagonists at the time. Yeah, Everybody yeah. was a mopey cloud clone. Yeah. And Squall was even worse. And now finally you had someone who kind of realized he was on an adventure and he was having a good time. And everybody else kind of thought he wasn't taking this seriously enough. And yeah. that was kind of cool. Yeah. And you had Vivi, who was like one of the most interesting most, character arcs. One of the most iconic characters. And then they just dropped the, the story series. like two-thirds of yeah. the way through and it's never mentioned again. At the very end of the game, like Zidane turns to him and goes like, hey, you okay? And Vivi goes, yeah, I'm all right. And that's yeah. the end of it. Yeah, like, Guys! <laughs> I didn't play this for 40 hours just to, like, have everybody sort of, like, decide they were okay. okay. It's all good, man. It's all right. <laughs> it's all good, man. Yeah, no problem. Um, so, yeah, I, I would be just fine if Final Fantasy never had another new installment and just they periodically revamped what they've already, the best of what they've already done for a new generation. Yep. All right, so my last pick, and I actually feel like a lot of people are probably going to agree with me on this one for a number of reasons. My final pick is Metal Gear Solid. Um, in all honesty, I haven't really enjoyed the last couple Metal Gear Solids all that much. I enjoyed five more than four, I'll say that much. Um, I know people love Metal Gear Solid 4, it just wasn't for me. Uh, it was, I like uh, four more than five. It was caught in kind of, I felt like in No Man's Land, where it was like, oh, well, let's make this like a shooter, but let's not make it like a shooter. Like, I ended up playing almost all of four, like, from a first-person perspective, but it was, like, convoluted. I felt like five... It kind of set the tone for what the series was going to be going forward. It wasn't perfect, and you can definitely tell the story was like all chopped up. But I felt like it kind of established its new foundation for what it was going to be, which is kind of sad thinking now that you know it was all for naught because Kojima will never work on another one. But I mean, who wants to see another installment of of this franchise without Kojima working on it? 
even as someone, I'm not a Kojima fan by any stretch of the imagination, but I do not want to see Metal Gear without him. I mean, I mean, uh, what? It's just going to be hollow, at I, best, at absolute best. Like, if they decided to like give it to like Naughty Dog, sure. Mm. I would like to see Naughty Dog's take on Metal Gear. Here, here, but that's never yeah, going to happen. Let me let me say my controversial piece here. If Naughty Dog made a Metal Gear game, it would be too good to feel like Metal Gear. <laughs> I just... Uh, yeah, without Kojima... I mean, just think about all the stuff that... All the notes that he's taken through the years and all the canon and the lore. Like, do you think if you just handed this series to any other developer... They'd be able to handle that. And I would even argue that Kojima hasn't handled it very deftly. Oh, every game changes about 15 things that were established as canon previously. Right. And so imagine if somebody else developed no. it who hasn't worked on the series all this time. Konami, the state that it's in right now, I mean, it's basically just cranking out like Pro Evolution Soccer and Pachinko Machines. So One of which is based on Metal Gear Solid 3. Right. So. And I have no faith at all that, one, Konami can develop it internally. I mean, who are they going to give it to? Are they going to give it to their pro no, they'd have to team? farm it out. They'd have to farm it out to somebody. And who well, also, who in the industry would be have the balls to take that one? You know? No matter how much money. Like, there's no way to win. Yeah. You can make the best game of your career, and people are still going to bitch about it because it's not made it by Kojima. It wasn't made by Kojima. Yeah, I just, I don't see any way for this series to go on in a positive way or a positive mm-hmm. direction. I'm not, like, blinded by snakes so that anything you put him in, I'm going to care about. Um, and there are some people out there that will play it, and they'll argue that, you know, they want to see this series going on. But I would argue that most people probably are on the same team with me saying that this series needs to end. Unless you can get Kojima to somehow come back and work on it, which just simply isn't happening. Mm. So, it's sad, but I felt like I've already dealt with the death of this franchise. I've already mourned it. Like, I'm, already, I think, I think I'm on does, to the acceptance stage at this point. I think point. 5 does that to some degree. Yeah. It connects things up at the back, and, you know, the yeah. Metal Gear Saga is, is a... Is a is a flat circle now, basically, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we've got them. I think there's, you know, I think every Metal Gear game can be played reasonably on a modern platform and uh you know i think it's you know let that let, let it rest like a jima right off into the sunset and make death stranding and we'll see what happens with him next but I, I i also don't think there's any real risk of this i think i think konami's done yeah um and at best they would probably sell it has already gone on record saying that metal gear is not going to end i mean it could be talking about pachinko machines yeah, well, that, that's, i'm sure in corporate speak that means hey look at our pachinko game yeah um but I could see one day them just selling their their game assets off. Maybe one maybe one day Kojima just sell the IP. Yeah, maybe, maybe one day Kojima will get it back, or Sony buys it and yes. gives it to him to work yeah. on. So maybe I shouldn't have completely mourned the series just yet. But I mean, if that happens, I might be up for it just to see. Like you gotta wonder, it's like what what what, what happens if like sixty year old Hideo Kojima suddenly <laughs> gets Metal Gear back? Right, he'll be retired by then. He'll never retire. He will retire. That man. That man will work till he, he said dies. already his family's begging him to retire because they're sick of him like doesn't mean not anything. being around. You, You're we, right. We, I, he's gonna work until he dies. This Probably. Is who he is, I guarantee. Or until he finally gets to make a movie. Yeah. Like, that's that's that what might he kill wants. his career. Finally, he gets uh, to make it film. If the Final Fantasy movie is any uh, indication, Sakaguchi can tell him about that. Yeah. Yeah. So Sakaguchi's never been the same. Now it looks like he might be coming back though. Yeah, he's starting a new studio. Dawn Walker. Which he had Miss Walker already. Stop naming shit Walker. Like I don't. 
I would walk on to the next studio. After Mistwalker, I wouldn't want to have any relation to that studio in my new studio's name ever. Well, Mistwalker didn't make bad games. It didn't make bad games, but it didn't make successful games. I would argue that they were probably better than some of the Final Fantasies that came out during the same time period. (laughs) I'm not a huge Lost Odyssey fan, but that had a lot of better ideas in it. Yeah. And there was Blue Dragon. They made that one as well. I like Blue Dragon. My shameful anime confession is I do not like Akira Toriyama's art at all. I, I grit my teeth through Dragon Quest games, but uh, Blue Dragon was too much for me. Definitely has his face all over it. So, all right, let's move on to the next topic of the Big Six. We're going to talk about a game that really flew under the radar at E3 and had no business flying under the radar, The Last Guardian. Matt, did you get a chance to play The Last Guardian at E3? Not. You did not. Well, I didn't actually try too hard because, like we've talked about before, sometimes there are games where I'm like, I'm playing this. Yeah. I don't need, I don't need to, to know anymore. Well, I'll tell you this much. It was a huge pain in the ass to play the game. <laughs> I sat there for almost an hour in the top floor of Sony's booth, like, waiting for my turn to play because they were letting everybody play because they wanted E3 judges to play it, and the demo lasted, like, 30 to 40 minutes. So... I got there, like, one guy was already playing, he had, like, 15 minutes left, and the next guy played the whole demo for, like, 30 minutes, and then I finally got to play. And, uh, so, yeah, there's, there's, a lot of people have played, not a lot, but there's been probably five or six previews that have popped up. This game was woefully undercovered at the show. Like, hardly anybody, like, reported Mm -hmm. on it. Like, people have been talking about it in podcasts, but there were really, like, no formal coverage. Like, there was a couple hands-on previews, but otherwise it just kind of ghosted in and out of E3. Was it even on Sony's It wasn't stream? on the floor. No, was it, it wasn't on, on Sony's stream either. Hmm. Nope. They didn't like, you know how they did developer walkthroughs yeah, for like yeah, yeah. everything? No Last Guardian. Hmm. And uh, But I did play it. I spent the time and waited and finally got to play it. And uh, I don't know, Matt. Hmm. I don't know, man. This game's been in development for like nine or ten years, and... A 30-minute demo that you get to play at E3 had, like, a lot of issues. Like, the atmosphere, the interplay between the boy and Trico, all that's great. Like, basically, I mean, I can walk you through the demo really quickly. So, basically what happens is you wake, the kid wakes up, and he's in this, like, dang dungeon, and there sits Trico. He's got a couple spears, like, stuck into Mm him. Um, There's, like, food barrels laying nearby. If you try to do anything, like... He, like, pushes you away. And it, it seems like you're supposed to pull the spears out or whatever. So if you go to try and do that, like, he pushes you away and, like, knocks you against the wall or whatever. So you use food barrels to, like, bribe him, basically. Mm-hmm. And this appears to be a mechanic that is going to perpetuate throughout the entire game. So you give him a food barrel. He lets you pull out a spear. You're going to pull out the next spear. He knocks you away again. You give him another food barrel. He lets you pull out the, out the spear. Then you remove, like, the chain's chain down. You remove the chain around his neck, and it falls to the ground, and uh, then he's, like, buddy-buddy. Like, once you release him, he's like, oh, okay, you're, like, a good guy. And he, like, snuggles up to you. It's, like, the first moment where you start to see the relationship between the boy and Trico start to, to happen. And so, while you're doing this, the camera in this room is atrocious. <laughs> like, I have not experienced a video game camera this bad in I don't know how long. Like maybe like you play the Eco H D remaster? It's kind of the same. That might have been like playing that playing the H D remaster that I still love Eco, but like that's a hard one to go back to. This game and it, so one thing I would say is that a lot of the comparisons saying it is a mashup of Eco and Shadow of the Colossus. I would actually say it strays 
way more towards eco. It looks like it. Yeah. The the only Shadow of the Colossus stuff that I really felt from this was the clambering. It uses the same control scheme as Shadow of the Colossus for climbing like the Colossi. Mm. But you like when you climb Trico, you use like the same controls to do that. And to me, that was really the only part of the game that felt like Shadow of the Colossus. Otherwise, it's really like Eco 2, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, it's a puzzle game. That's really what it is. It's all about manipulating. And the other thing I should mention, so to go on with sort of the moment-by-moment demo. So after you kind of go through that whole rigmarole of feeding him and un- unchaining him or whatever, you come outside. And, that's, and this is it. This mm-hmm. is where you come to. So... This demo that we've seen for a long time is like the start of the game, basically, minus the first room. So, Which you, it sounds like the first room was like the first thing we saw years ago. It was, yeah. There, yeah. There's been like footage and screenshots of that first room mm-hmm. out there for a while. Um, so basically, all you've seen in this game, really, is the first like hour of it, max. Like You haven't seen hardly anything beyond that. And what I've seen of it is like, this is the game. Like, it's just all puzzle solving and like... Puzzle platforming, I guess, is the best way to put it. You need mm-hmm. to manipulate Trico into helping you overcome obstacles, essentially. Um, I don't know where the tension comes in later, where the strife comes in, uh, where enemies come in. I, I was never really introduced to an antagonist or any threat. I mean, obviously, you know that someone's tried to kill Trico. He has a spear stuck in him and whatnot. Mm-hmm. He's been chained down. And he's afraid of these symbols. Yeah. That... Uh... Make his eyes go purple. Right, yeah. Which they had on the on the floor, they had a giant wall that had Trico kind of, he, he it was a video wall, and he'd come out and he, he'd see people. Yeah. And like he would look at you and he'd like, there are props you pat him. Use, and yeah. but they had one of those symbols you could hold and he would go, <laughs> yeah, and like, like back away and his eyes would glow. Yeah. Um, which you can also see in the in the new trailer, They in the trailer they ran. Well, there's two Tricos. There's two Tricos and one of them has the, the, uh, has the, eyes. the glowing eyes. So, yeah. so, so clearly whatever these symbols are related, I'm sure there will be an evil empire or wizard or something that like is holding you there or whatever. But I will say, even in the short time that I played it, like, it pulled on my heartstrings. So you need to get out of that labyrinth-like thing that you, where the game starts. And so the boy, you can run through this little cubby and, like, come out, but you don't see a way for Trico to get out. And so the boy comes out, and, and it, like, it pull, the camera pulls back, and there's this huge wall next to the boy, and Trico just goes boom and just hmm. explodes through the wall. And then he's like lets out like a battle cry and I'm like yeah like I can see where the game is headed like mm-hmm. it's it's going to be one of those like trials and tribulation equal jubilation type things and obviously you know everyone's assuming at this point that Trico's going to die or the boy's going to die who knows the fact that they showed another Trico though mm-hmm. makes me wonder if the impact is going to be everything that you might fear because if he's replaceable and there's others, I mean, he's called the Last mm-hmm. Guardian. I'm assuming. Are they talking about the unless boy? The or are they the talking guardian. about? Or unless the Last Guardian is the whatever's keeping you in this thing. Yeah. The Last Guardian might be whatever's putting those symbols. That up. could. You're right. That could be it too. Um, the other thing is like um, Morgan Webb had a good had a good tweet the morning of the the day of the Sony press conference where she said, "You're all wrong. Neither of them's going to die. Uh, the the cat bird is going to grow up and fly away and leave you." 
And I'm like, oh my god, that's so much worse. Like, that is worse. Like, like, it's like a capper's gonna gonna grow up and have to abandon like childish things, and that's you, the child, and she and he's gonna leave you. That would be like, worse. It's like, oh my god, having to watch your dog just like leave. Like that, that's that's yeah. terrible. I mean, honestly, what surprised me the most about the game is how unpolished it was. Mm-hmm. For being ten years in development, coming out in four or five months. To see that very first room have jank was just really off-putting because you just don't even see games mm. that have that at all but anymore. I, I still, I mean, I love the movement of the of the creature, but I still don't think those feathers look good. It's too late to turn back now. Yeah. The feathers, yeah, it's a, um, that's a done deal. It just doesn't look right to me. Um, I feel like I'm really going to have to go into this. I mean, I'm a fan of the previous games they've done. Uh, I'm, re- I feel like I'm really going to have to go into this game trying to forget that it's been. 11 years. Yeah. You know, like it doesn't, this looks like something that should have been plausibly made in three. I mean, it was a PlayStation 3 game. Yeah. I mean, that's the truth. It was, should have come out for PlayStation 3. It's been built all along for PlayStation 3. It doesn't appear that they've done all that much other than maybe up the resolution Mm -hmm. for the PlayStation 4 version. Thank God, like, thank God they didn't go back and like try to remaster it before the game ever came out. And like, because then we probably would have played it for another five or six years. So, it was a little off-putting to me that it wasn't that polished, and I wonder, too, if that's why it wasn't shown in a stage demo on Sony stage during their streams, uh, because it's obvious. Like, the, there are camera issues. Like, the camera, like, Trico would get in between the camera and the boy, and you can't see the boy at all. Mm. He's just gone. You're like, what? I'm running blind. Like, I'm trying to... It, there are just things in it, even in the 30 minutes I spent in it, that I haven't really seen in games in, like, a long time. So... I'm wondering if the craftsmanship is going to be there. Certainly the aesthetic is there. Certainly the idea is there. The emotion is there. And I'm guaranteed that will be more than enough to see me through playing this game. But I, I expected it to be far more polished than it was, considering how long it's been in development and how long it's been marketed and teased. So, I don't know. I definitely have concerns about the game. I'm going to play the hell out of it. But... Hmm. I did not come out of E3 as enthused for this game as I thought I would. I really thought it would be my game of the show, to be honest with you, like before I went in there. I have, I mean, even as a big supporter of, of Team Eco and, and this game, uh, I, I have always, ever since last E3, I've always thought it looked kind of janky, and I kind of expected it to be that. Yeah. Like, I don't know why it would still be after all these years. I assume, you know, I, w- I would hope one day we find out what happened. Yeah. Because there's got to be a reason it took 11 years, and there's got to be a reason Sony didn't pull the plug. I know. I mean, these. Well, I think the reason they didn't pull the plug is because, like, it was people like us at game trailers giving it like most anticipated of whatever the next show was, like hyping it up. You have this development team that hasn't put anything out since 2004. I know. Still paying those salaries month after month after month. Yeah. And then that's what I'm saying. And then to see it in this state, I'm like, what were they doing for nine years? The first room. There's camera problems in the first room. I mean, I'm hoping that like this thing is not at all what we think it is. You know, the, yeah. that we've only seen like the very first, very beginning. Like you say, I hope there's way more to this that we have oh, no idea. Oh, there's gotta be. Because if it's just another like, imagine e- if it's like an eight-hour game. I, I kind of think it is. <laughs> it might be. I really kind of think it is. It might be. Like I, that's... I mean, his games aren't usually all that long. No. I mean, Shadow Colossus is pretty long. You yeah. can do everything and find all the lizards yeah. and stuff. But like. If you really want to get down to how long it takes to, you know, eco can be done in two hours if you know what you're doing. Yeah, About four or five hours if you if first you really through. plummet. Yeah. Uh, Shadow of the Colossus doesn't take that long. Um, 
The Shadow of the Colossus is mostly transit. It is, <laughs> yeah. If you think about it. Um, yeah, I, I kind of expect this game to be like an, like an eight-ish hour game that has a really, like, you know, like you say, a heartstring-tugging story, but doesn't really feel particularly polished, and, uh, you know, outside of the narrative and outside of the character really. It's comprehensible at this and, point. And um, kind of makes everybody like, well, that was a decade. You know, like, yeah, I try to keep my preconceived notions out of everything that I can. Right. But honestly, going into E3, like, you know, I kind of targeted this game. Like, you know, I finally am going to get a chance to play this game. I've been waiting to play it for 10 years. Like, it's going to take something drastic for this game to not get a nod, at least as like a nomination for something. And after I played it, I'm like, huh, huh, boy, I don't know. Hmm. We'll see. We don't have to wait much longer. No, it's... I'm I'm just happy we got a release date out of them. So yeah, I mean it'll be interesting to see too how the game reviews. And by the, what they didn't mention the collector's edition. No, they didn't. I didn't see that until uh, I think it popped up on Sifted. By that point, it was already sold out on Amazon. Yeah. I had to go get it. I had to go pre-order at GameStop. Thanks a lot, Sony. Yeah, you want that trike? You can tell a guy. <laughs> You're I right, think... though. They had all this airtime. No. And all this attention on them, and they don't announce. Bethesda knows that, 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 that. That's the whole thing. It's like, hey, go get this thing. I think they said about Horizon Zero yeah. Dawn, too. They're like, hey, you can get the collection edition yeah, right now. Yeah, they just mentioned it. Yeah. That Trico statue someday is going to be worth a lot of money. Looks great. Yeah, it does. I'm still excited for the game, by the way. I'm, I'm excited, but, I'm, but I, I can, even after seeing even it and being disappointed, like, I'm still even excited. Even just watching the stuff, I can tell. I could tell what you're talking about is totally accurate. Like, yeah, yeah I, I see. I see the bad camera angles and some of the close, tight stuff. Yeah. And it's like, you know, we found a few ways around that shit. Yeah. It's like a lot of yeah. It doesn't have to feel like a game from 2005. You're right. You know, so we'll see. We will see. Not too much longer to wait. I have, I have nightmares of sevens out of ten. Like, just a stream of sevens and No, sixes. no, there will be some people who will give this game a oh, really yeah. high score no matter how much jank there is. Oh, that's for sure. Guarantee yeah. it, for sure. But I, feel, I, just, I just feel like you're going like, to get that stuff, and you're going to get, like, people like Jim Sterling who have to make, you know, I feel like there's going to be a Jimquisition where it's just like, are we all crazy that we're yeah. saying this game is awesome, <laughs> and it's really, like, pretty good with some really heart, heart-rending, like, animations on the cat bird. Like, yeah. That, <laughs> Are we really gonna go? You know, are we gonna go full Monty for like just like you know? Oh, somebody saw a Pixar movie. It's gonna be tough for this one because the anticipation's been there so long. Yeah. People are going to want to love. It. I want to love it. And really it's gonna badly. be right. It's also gonna be coming out. Also, it's gonna be happening right around the time we're about to vote for the new president. So I think. <laughs> what does I that think, have to do? With I anything? think tensions and crazy stuff being high oh. as it is. Like people are gonna. Like people are gonna like sublimate their their anger and tension over the voting into like I'm just going to attack this person for not liking right you know, no, the you're last right. Guardian, there could be some anger gonna flying around, around out there it could it's going to be even worse than normal it could be we'll see not long to wait just a few months and we'll all get our chance to have our say on it so let's move on we're going to talk about a game that Matt mentioned earlier what might be his last Wii U game he ever plays a lot of people's maybe yep well, not a lot. I don't think a lot of people are going to buy this. But. Yeah, I don't know. Tokyo Mirage, Tokyo Mirage Sessions Sharp FE. Or to people who may not have followed this game over the last couple of months, Shin Megami Tensei Crossfire Emblem. Right. Probably is what they should have kept the title as. Or whatever. I mean, whatever. This is one of the strangest results of a crossover I've ever seen. It is one of the weirdest games I've seen released in the West yep. in probably three years' time. It's like if... <laughs> I've got to say. It just... It's so odd. It's like if you... It's like if you... I don't know. 
it's like if you cross like Tekken with The Witcher and it was a <laughs> racing game. It's like what? All right, sure. Here's what I'll say though: this game is a perfect mix of the two. It it uses most of the characters from Fire Emblem. It uses kind of the plot and the settings from Shin Megami Tensei. Or Persona 4, really, I guess, is yeah, probably... Like more Persona in this than Shin Megami Yeah, Tensei. I would agree with that. But it's, it somehow it just all blends together. I mean, just right off the top, what I would say, I've played... Just, I'll and, let you know. I've, and Avix tracks, which are most famous, I think, in the West for making the music for Bust a Groove. Yeah, yeah. They, uh... Yeah, the other part about it is that there's this whole weird, like, Japanese idol element to it. Like, pop mm. stars. Like... That's like what the whole game is centered around is that these people perform and use their stardom to like power up and become more powerful. And then the antagonists in the game are trying to keep them from increasing their power via performing. So all the major battles take place on stages in like arenas with like big crowds around the battle. It's just really freaking bizarre. I've played. I got it last week. I just haven't had time because it was E3. But I've played probably like 10 or 12 hours of this game so far. And I am completely hooked on this game. Like, if you liked Fire Emblem, either of the Fire Emblems. Like, the ones that just came out or the one that came out at the beginning of the 3DS's life cycle. You're going to love this game. The combat is so freaking deep. The game is so weird. Like, at first, I was like, oh, I can't believe they didn't translate this and have an English voice acting. No. Like, they made the <laughs> exact right decision. Because the stuff that they say, if they said it in English, it would seem so preposterous and silly. But somehow, when it comes out in Japanese, it makes, like, perfect sense. Yeah, like, your, your brain can always make a subtitle sound okay in your head. Yeah. And the, uh, the battle system in this game is so freaking deep. So the sessions part of it, basically... Like a lot of RPGs, like once you build up a meter, it will go into a session. And what the sessions are is your ability to call in your other party members to attack. So you can chain it together to where like all your party members will attack like in succession through the sessions, as they're called. Um, it's a strategy RPG. It's turn-based. Uh, the, the presentation in the game... It's really weird. It's like some parts of it they've spent so much time and effort on, but then other parts of it they've spent like no time and effort on. It's <laughs> like the attacks, the real-time attacks, a couple of the cinemas here and there look like they put a lot of time into them, but then like conversations with NPCs or your party members are just like the generic, here's like the still screen image of a character, and here's the other one, here's the text scrolling along the bottom, blah, blah, blah. But... The depth of the combat is is really what wins this game, or at least for me, is what really has hooked me into it. Like, there's, it's different. I don't even know if I could. It's not really like Fire Emblem, and it's not really like Persona. Like, it's like the like the graphic says, it's like the perfect mix of the two games. Um, there, the dungeons in the game, it's a little weird. Like, the dungeons aren't like where the combat is. They're like these weird, and this is the one knock I have against the game. They're like these weird, like puzzle areas, like where you have to like watch something and then like remember it and then try to replicate it. And like some of the puzzles are like, I'm only like ten or twelve hours in already. Some of the puzzles are like really hard and like it just grinds the game down. It's just really bizarre to have in a JRPG these weird, like, puzzle dungeons that you're playing. And they're not, like, 
push a block over here and climb up there. It's like there's like weird stages that you like, like literally like a stage where people perform, and they'll have like four objects on the stage that you need to like watch and remember like what they do. It's just really weird. Like the whole game's freaking weird. Like the title's freaking weird. <laughs> But I love it. Like, I am completely hooked on the game. Um, I love a lot of the Fire Emblem characters. There's a lot of, like, really cool nods to the old Fire Emblem games. I would say that's one area where it strays more towards Fire Emblem than uh, Shin Megami Tensei or Persona. Um, but I've just really enjoyed it. I've enjoyed building up the characters, like, all of it. It's uh, I'm pleasantly shocked by this game. Not just how good it is, but by how much I like it as well. Um, I'm a big Fire Emblem fan. I like strategy RPGs, but I'm used to just playing them on handheld for whatever reason. It's really mm. bizarre for me to play one of these games on my big TV. Um, but it looks great. The animations are awesome. It really does a good job of making you care about the characters. I'm a little too early in the plot to really pass any kind of judgment on how the plot is in the game. Yeah, and I realize only ten hours is nothing for yeah. a Persona game. And I realize that that's a big part of what makes people enjoy Persona games and Fire Emblem games, for that matter. But I'm not far enough to pass any kind of judgment to let people like you know who who really put a big emphasis on story to know whether this is going to be good for them. I like the setup so far. It's unlike pretty much any game I've ever played. Uh, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense when you think about it, but it's a video game. So sometimes <laughs> you just give them a pass. But then the bottom line is what you're going to be doing 90% of the time is a combat. And the combat is crazy strategic. Um, it's not easy. Like, I've already found some places where I felt like I needed to go back and grind a little bit. Um, because some of these enemies will literally take you out in, like, one attack. And you just sit there and you're like, okay, what did I do wrong? Is it that I did something wrong? Did I not chain their attacks together right? Or am I just not high level enough to handle this enemy and so I have found that there's a little bit of grinding to be done but I'm okay with that as long as it's not like constant you don't have to do it every time you tackle like a big enemy so another thing I would say about this game is that go buy it because it is probably going to be a collector's item yeah no doubt if you can find it in yourself to not open it that mm -hmm. game could be worth hundreds of dollars in just like I mean, it's got, it's five like a, or ten years. It's like a triple threat. On the, it's it's the, one of the last Wii U, last games for a Nintendo system with a low print run. It is an exclusive to the system. It is Fire Emblem. It is Shin Megami Tensei. Will that ever it, happen again? And it is and it is also like weird only in Japan shit. Like I would even so, say maybe buy like two of them. Like one to play, one to hold. Yeah, I mean it's it's... It has all the hallmarks of a game that becomes worth about double retail in about three years. Yeah, it'll become rare. Like Especially because quickly. it's good. If it wasn't good, I mean, I don't think Devil's Third is ever going to be worth right. anything. I know? think it might be, though. It might be in the sense that, like, just everything... I think eventually everything in the Wii U will be a collector's, a collector's item in the sense that there's going to be people that want to have everything... And well, Devil's Third like, specifically was like a low run. I think that yeah. from what I read, there's like 50,000 copies ever made, or if maybe that. even less, like 30,000 or something. I think it was less. They did do a second printing because um, it did come Which back is why I jumped it to the 50 from the 30. I'm assuming they didn't mm -hmm. do the whole 30 again, but they maybe bumped it up. Yeah. But uh, you could do worse than picking, you know, even Paper Mario. I mean, Nintendo games always become valuable. Well, later. they never lose their value. No. So it's never a bad investment to buy a Nintendo game. Yeah, if, it, if it's if a Nintendo game, I mean, I forgot I bought a copy of uh, Fire Red, Pokemon Fire Red. Yeah. As sealed GBA, you know, Game Boy was it GBA. I think it was GBA. And I just forgot about it. I it ended up in a drawer, and I never opened it. 
and I found it like a couple years ago. I was like, oh, this thing, maybe I should play that. I looked up, looked it up online. It's worth like two hundred bucks or Whoa. something. Because Pokemon oh my is gosh. like you, and you know, and so I'm just like, oh, maybe I'll just hang on to that one. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm not saying it's your reti- it should be a retirement strategy or anything, but like, hang on to your Nintendo stuff. It becomes, yeah, yeah. It becomes worth something. If you like Fire Emblem, go buy the game. I, you're gonna love it. I'm surprised it. you. It's so much Fire Emblem. It looked to me like it was like a Persona game with some people in some Fire Emblem related costumes. No, the gameplay is Fire Emblem. The characters are Fire Emblem. The setting and the tone of it, like you can see, like mm-hmm. that's that's Persona. That's Persona. Right? Yeah, like the overworld hub and like it's weird. You walk around like Shibuya, but like there's not people walking by. They're all like shadows of people yeah. with color. Mm-hmm. It's like. Like I said, like it says, the perfect mix. Like it really manages to put equal parts of those two franchises into one game. But when you're actually playing the game, because the characters are almost all from Fire Emblem and it is a turn-based strategy RPG, the game overall feels a lot more like Fire Emblem mm-hmm. as far as your total time spent playing it. So I recommend it, folks. I know this may be surprising some people, but I'm a big Fire Emblem fan. Always have been. I like strategy RPGs in general. I especially love games like this on the go because, man, they just suck up the time. Like, mm-hmm. like Advanced Wars. Like, I remember I used to take that on flights with me all the time because literally, like, I'd fight four battles and we'd be landing. Like, because mm-hmm. it takes... And these battles do take a long time. Like, you can take as long as you want. And there's no rush to, like, take your turn or anything like that. Um, but it, it, is, it can be fast-paced if you want it to be. Like, you can chain all your attacks together and just go, like, right back at it. Like, I really like it. I think uh, if you're into these type of games, if you're a Persona fan, if you're a strategy RPG fan, you're going to eat this thing up. I don't think anyone will regret buying it. It's it's Japan weird, which I like in small doses. I couldn't play this game and then pick up another one and play it like right after that. Uh, but as a nice reprieve, a nice change of pace, I'm really enjoying it. And as Matt said, it may be one of the last hurrahs on the Wii U and your last chance to get a lot of value out of your Wii U. So I say go for it. Next up, a game I don't like anywhere near as much. Ooh. Resident Evil Umbrella Core. Stepping into your realm with the first-person shooter. Here. It's not even first-person, though. It's third-person. Oh, it it's a third-person. I admit I have not paid attention to this game at all. It's a third-person cover-based shooter with zombies stone in the middle. That's mm. pretty much what it is. It, uh... <laughs> it's everything... It's the most generic multiplayer third-person shooter I've ever played. And, you know, I, I was shocked by this because they're zombies. And you're like, oh, throwing zombies into the middle of the fight will make it exciting. Well, the zombies are pathetic. Like, they are no threat whatsoever. Like, one, if they do ever attack you, it does, like, nothing to you. Two, they're so, they're so undangerous that people use them for cover. <laughs> they literally will, like crouch down behind zombies and shoot. Like, that's how unfearful people are of the zombies in this game. It's... I have no idea why this game was made. It's $30. They're not asking full price for it. There's no campaign in the game. Well, there is. There's a single player where basically you go through stages like this and there's just zombies standing around that you shoot in the head and they go down with, like, one shot. It's not a campaign. It's really more like a glorified, like, training session for... For the multiplayer. Mm. But I found very little... Like, you can just see. You can walk right past the zombies. It's like they don't even matter. Um, I have no idea why they decided to do this. I'm guessing it was... They're like, oh, people like mercenaries. 
Hmm. Let's try to make something around the mercenaries idea that other people can play. Like, I don't know who gave them the okay for this. The game looks terrible graphically. Um, it was made with Unity. Ooh. And they're billing it as like made with Unity, which I'm sure Unity is not all that happy about. Because <laughs> it does not make their engine look good at all. Um, I just honestly found very little redeeming value in this game. I've played five or six hours of it. I really have no interest in going back and playing it again. Um, and it has like all... It's just like a paint-by-the-numbers, check-all-the-boxes third-person shooter. It's got like gear that you can buy and you can upgrade. and Like... <laughs> Just watching this footage, it just yeah, looks it look so good. bad. Like, it's just really unpolished. Like, there's not like there's no transition animations for a lot of the stuff. So if you go from like laying down to like in a cover, it's like this weird, like awkward, almost like teleportation. Hmm. Uh, there's one melee weapon in the game. I think that's it. Right, that was it right there. You have no need to use a gun in this game. There's a melee weapon in the game that will lock on from about 15 yards and is a one one hit kill. And so wow. every match is just people hiding behind stuff, waiting for someone to turn the corner, and they just lock on and lunge with the melee. It's, it, it's so bad. I, I thought it was a great idea when I first saw like, the Japanese trailer for it or whatever. Like, I was like, oh, like, get zombies in the mix, and like, that changes everything. But when the zombies stand still and just pivot <laughs> in a circle, like, it doesn't make any difference. Like, like I said, people use them for cover. They'll hide behind the zombies. Like, I don't know what Capcom was thinking or is thinking, honestly. Thinking you'll buy anything that is even vaguely Resident Evil related, I guess. Yeah. I mean, they didn't even show this game at E3. No, they've been showing it at all the comic (laughs) conventions all all year, though. Yeah. It was at WonderCon. And they promoted the hell out of it in Japan. But you would think, I mean, this game comes out now. Mm. This game was coming out the week after E3. And they didn't have, like, a multiplayer session set up at, like, their booth. Like, think about that. Like, they, Capcom is trying to sweep this thing under the rug and act like it doesn't mm-hmm. exist. And, it's and they had a big, like, even had a big Ace Attorney display. Of yep. all the, you they know. had Ace Attorney. They had Street Fighter V competition going yep. on there. A game that's been out for a long time, but not their shooter that's coming out in, like, a week. Like, that pretty much says all that you need to, to know about this game. Um, at $30, don't buy it. That's what it's retailing for. At $20, don't buy it. Fifteen dollars, don't buy it. Maybe at ten. Maybe I would pay ten. Or maybe for this. Is, is your life worth If you're like a hardcore resident evil. Is your like life collector. worth more than spending time on this? It is, yeah. Yeah, yeah go outside. <laughs> Have a picnic. Have a sandwich. Yeah, you like, a sandwich. Yeah. I, I there's really not much else to say about this game because there's nothing to it. Uh, there's not very many maps. Um, like I said, you can like gradually build up your cosmetics in the game for your armor and things like that, but it's just like generic third-person shooter with zombies standing in the middle that don't do anything. That's pretty much Umbrella Corps in a, in a nutshell. There's so, your box quote. There it is. <laughs> you can quote me on that one. All right, let's move on. I don't want to waste a ton of time on god-awful games. Next topic, we're going to talk about games that were missing in action at E3. Mm-hmm. Games that we thought for sure would be there, or at least should have been there, but did not appear. Uh, we're going to start right off with Persona 5. Mm-hmm. Why was this game not at E3, Matt? I have no idea. It, does that make any sense to you whatsoever? Maybe just the fact that Atlas doesn't have a very big booth, so they didn't want to like clog it up with more people. I mean, you've already got people <laughs> clogging it. You don't want up. people at your booth. 
But <laughs> Atlas's booth is always just like crowded and, and masked with people that are trying to get like the whatever the free persona object that year is. This year yeah. it was a, a Morgana hat in a shoulder bag. And a shoulder bag thing. They always have the bags. Um, and like they just don't have. I don't think they have room for the kiosks they would need to service that many people, basically. Might they, be worth investing a little money to maybe. make your booth a little... If Shaq News has a bigger booth than Atlas... Well, look, man, they could have taken a whole left side, yeah. apparently. It was nothing there. I'm sure they could have sprawled out and no one would have said anything to them if they didn't make it look as empty as it was. But um, I, you know, I'm sure maybe that was just too last minute for that. But, like... I don't know. I don't know what it was in there. The game is there. almost done. About I would have thought it would have at least been in like Sony's booth. Anywhere. Nothing. The game's almost done, allegedly. It should be released in Japan very soon. Mm. There's no demo there at all. I mean, maybe Atlas just knows that they have everybody by the gonads and like they're going to buy it no matter what and there's no need to show that it. It could like, be. I mean, in the end, E3 is about trying to like appeal to the distributors and the retailers, and the retailers clear- clearly know this game is coming. So, Well, they showed me a video of it. Yeah. They're like, hey, here's this video of Persona. I'm like, I can go home and watch this. Yeah. Like, <laughs> That's actually a, kind of a dirty little secret of E3 is like the best seats in the house are starting to be at your house. In your computer, in yeah. your computer chair. Yeah, it really is. That's how I feel about going to like fighting game tournaments now too. It's like, well, I could go, or I could stay home and sit on my couch and watch a really nicely produced stream and drink a like, beer, drink a beer and listen to Mike Ross. Like yeah, I'd rather exactly. do that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's well, it's like sports. Same thing's happening with like re, like professional sports now. Like you look at teams in like Tampa Bay, like the yeah. Buccaneers, like their stadiums like eighty percent empty because it's like yeah. hundred and ten degrees out, and people well, are like, like yeah, I got I'll it. sit at home in, in the air conditioning. I have some friends who were trying to get me to like, yo, let's go, we'll go in on season tickets for the Rams because their those went on sale this week, and I'm yeah. just like, I think I'd rather just watch it at, yeah. at, at, at <laughs> Lawrence's house. Like, I, I I bet the seats are way better, yeah. and like they don't want a thousand dollars for me to go to Lawrence's house, and yeah. I don't have to like drive all the way out to. You know, the middle of nowhere, you know, it's not the middle of nowhere, but it's like, it's, it's, that place is not set up to handle that kind of traffic that yeah. area. And then when they move to Inglewood, there's no public transportation infrastructure, so there's going to be thousands and thousands of cars. I'm like, stay home, barbecue some meat, and have a good time. Like, yeah. I, there's no reason to do that to yourself. Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people who don't go to E3 are, you know, maybe a little envious or jealous of being on the show for it, but it's really not all that glamorous. Like... In all honesty, sitting at home, you will get to experience more of the games at E3 in the same amount of time than you ever would if you were on the show floor. (laughs) And you don't have to wait in lines. Like, it just happens all there for you in high definition, and you don't have to deal with all the bullcrap part of E3. And that was not always true. There was a time when, you know, I spent several years arguing that we should broadcast the press conferences back at Tech TV and stuff, and nobody ever, because going to the, being at the press conference where you, you know, I'd heard of them, but I'd never been to one. I'd never seen one. I'd never even seen video of one yeah. back when we started going to those mm. in, like, 2001. The first press conference I ever went to was Nintendo's uh, 2001 press conference where they unveiled the GameCube and, and showed Smash Brothers for the first time and all this. And Cecily did the first English live interview with Miyamoto live on the air and all yeah. this. And it was, like, it was amazing. It was, like, it was, like... For, for my early twenties self, it was like, oh my god, I'm I'm in the the sanctum, I'm in the and I was like, yeah. I always said like, this is what we should be sharing with people. This experience of seeing this stuff happen for the first time, the announcements and all this. And now there's twenty. And now you can watch everything. Doing it. Yeah, it's like, like, like you, you it's can... almost like overkill at this point. I was actually surprised they put out the Twitch put out its numbers for the first day of E3, 
And the highest number they had was under a million concurrent viewers. Hmm. I thought it would be way higher than that, man. Like, even at G4 and at Spike, like, just watching, like, Spike, when we did, like, all the press conferences, like, Sony's press conference would get up around, like, a little over a million well, at we certain used to peaks. Get on our, when we were the live, you know, exclusive live TV broadcaster, we would get, like, three million viewers. Yeah. Which like, is, like, which is crazy. I mean, that's a yeah. little, that's, like, I, Twitch's number was, like, 990,000 concurrent on day one of E3. I think some of it is just because... When you think, uh, we were, everyone's scattered. streaming on Twitch, though. It's, like, we're streaming on... Twitch, Sony, Microsoft, yeah. Nintendo, Shack News, GameSpot, IGN. I mean, just go on and on and on. Rooster Teeth, like everybody's streaming mm. at E3. YouTube, like, and you don't hit a million concurrence? That was mind-boggling to me. I was like, wow. Like, but then at the same time, like, I was playing, this is really bizarre. I was playing League of Legends, like, a few weeks ago, and we're in, like, the lobby before the game starts. And uh, I just typed into the chat, I'm like, everyone getting pumped up for E3? And every single person typed back, what's E3? Where was this? In League of Legends. Really? In League? Oh, because Riot doesn't go to E3. That's why. I wrote back, seriously? They're not gamers. They're League of Legends players. I was like, you guys don't know what E3 is? Riot's never gone. And they go, no, what is it? And I was like... It's the world's biggest video game convention. It's like the Super Bowl of video games. And they were like, oh, cool. League's not there. See you later. Like, that's... Oh, my... That was mind-blowing. I totally forgot to tell that story. Doesn't hold interest for them. That is insane. No, Riot never goes to E3. A lot of my friends that are from Riot were there just to look around and see stuff. But this is my point. Like, it's... Like, there's a whole huge group of people yeah. out there who don't care about E3. Yeah. Like, well, at also, all. well, again, that, because they've cut out that middleman. Like, you know, really, the, the core of E3 is that retail, you know, presentation stuff. You know, presenting to retailers. League of Legends doesn't need that. No, it doesn't need anything. They cut out that whole middleman. They publish themselves. They control themselves. They control distribution. They control everything. E3 does them no good. But I think also what you're seeing, though, is that there's a large contingency of people who just play, like, one or two games. Oh, yeah. And that's all they care about. I think that's, a lot I think that's always about. been true. I think it's always, always been true. Really? But, yeah, but I think there's a lot more of them now that these things are getting so much bigger. I think the, it's eSports, though, is, is changing everything because they're trying to become good at these games. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, well, you know, if I play other games, I'm not going to become good enough because a lot of people have a legitimate, like, hope of becoming pro. Like, I don't. I'm too old. My reflexes are too slow. I know I'll never be good enough to be a pro gamer at anything. Like it's, I could it, pretend, I it's could just probably, not happening. I think if I practice more, I could be, you know, tournament capable of fighting at fighting, fighting games. Fighting yeah. But like because I've been playing for twenty five something years. Yeah. But like, but I don't, I don't know, man. You play against those kids, like you think oh, you I have fast reflexes. Them. Oh, I like... played against them, and I'm not terrible. Yeah. Like, I'm not. I'm not horrible. I played against Mike Ross, Clockworks, and you know, Combo yeah. Fiend, some of those guys. And it's, I'm not like saying I won, yeah. but I'm saying you I didn't hang. just I didn't just go down I didn't go down immediately, you yeah. know. Um, and if I practice more, I'm sure I could. But I don't have that kind of a discipline and b like interest in focusing on one game. I like to play everything. These kids have stars in their eyes, though. Oh yeah, because they know if they get good enough and they make a pro I'm too team, old to have a dream. Yeah, are you kidding? <laughs> Come on. But they got the <laughs> These stars kids, in no, their yeah, eyes. No, they're no, like, no, they're believers. I could make they a do. career out of this. And the funny part is, is like, for most like pro gamers. When they get to their mid to late 20s, they're, like, done. Yeah. Like, their reflexes are at a point where, and their brains don't move fast enough to a point where they can't compete with those 15-year-old mm-hmm. kids anymore. So, 
it was just interesting to see that perspective of E3 when it's been this thing that us and everybody on Sifted, it's like this huge thing. And there's this huge faction of players that have no clue it even exists. Mm. I bet you they could tell you when every LCS like regional oh, yeah. is though, like and where it is and what time it starts and like all of it. So it's just interesting to see well, kind of the whole you know, changing. It's starting to you know become clear that we have to acknowledge that like kind of the esports thing is sort of a different platform. It is, yeah. In the same way that you have to acknowledge it's that crazy v- that we got VR on this is from a different talking platform. about Persona Five, but it all came from us, why aren't they yeah. showing the game and they don't need it because everyone knows about it and then it got to mm-hmm. riot and blah 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 so that was a crazy tangent but let's come back next game, No Man's Sky mm-hmm. why was that game not there? I can tell you why that game wasn't there well you know one thing now, it's not going to be playable in VR no, because if it was it would have been there It would have been there. Yeah. it's not going to be playable in VR yet I think I think you might see a VR update for it eventually. It's not going to be playable. Uh, I feel like on on the Neo one day you will be able to play that on VR. Yeah. However, um, I you know there, I I did ask like is No Man's Sky when I went to Sony. I'm like is No Man's Sky here? And they're like mm mm. And I'll tell you why it's not. It wasn't at E3 because a the orders are made. You know the retailers know it's there. It's all set. It's been promoted. It's there. They did have a big banner in their their, their line did, of banners yeah. uh, in Concourse Hall, so they had a banner for it. And uh, Hello Games is a rather small company, and they are all in, they are all in full crunch mode right yeah. now. They are trying to get the game done, so they did not have time to work up a demo or send anybody out to show it to anybody or anything like that. Also, it seems like that's a really hard game to demo. Yeah. But like, um, you realize we, we've not well, no one will be able to play this before it comes out. Not unless they turn it on early and they have no, reason, have no think, reason to. I mean, think about most games. We're probably looking at another division situation here. Most games, though, will it have at some point been playable by the public before they come out. Usually where it happens is Gamescom. If it's not Gamescom, it's some other fan event like PSX or mm-hmm. whatever that Sony does. Or they, they have a kiosk at Best Buy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, no one will have played this when it comes out. Yeah. They missed their chance with E3. I think they'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're gonna. Have, I mean, will people trust reviews? I guess they're gonna have to unless they just want I mean, to go I'm online. In, I'm in on this game in a way that you wouldn't even be able to imagine <laughs> out of my head. But I'm super. Again, like I, I think we talked about before. I'm like, I'm ready. This could be my favorite game of all time, or I might get sick of it in two hours. I don't know. Yeah, like, I, I it just, really is a wild card. It all hinges on how this game feels. I mean, there's and no, no one's going to know how that feels. Like that's the thing that is interesting. Like. It's very hard to get actual firsthand. I played the game. This is what it feels like. In ter- not in terms of like, oh, you do this or what do you do? Or I'm like, how does it feel when you pull the trigger and you shoot something? Is it satisfying? Do, yeah. do you feel like something? You know, is it? Is IGN it that- did get like a little yeah. bit of time to not play it, but if you watch it, they're like, they don't play it that much. No. it's like they run from like one point to another and shoot at like one thing. He's like, okay, well, let like, me take that now. Like mine two rocks and like, <laughs> yeah. and like yeah. create a cave. And He's like, okay, done. I need that now, and he like takes the controller from him, like. You know, the so other... that's my big question. It's like, what does this game feel like? To yeah, play? yeah. And that's why I was asking about it at E3 because I was hoping maybe I could. Maybe it's only upstairs. Maybe it's like right. No, I can just get my nose. Nothing. No. Absolutely nothing. And uh, I mean, the other way a lot of people play games now before they come out is betas. And mm-hmm. like, honestly, this game should probably get a freaking beta. Think about mm-hmm. it. That netcode, that small team. This game should have a beta, man. We'll see. <laughs> I mean, the one advantage you have is you just have to connect people to the server. You don't have to worry about everybody playing together. Yeah. So it's not like you have to worry about everybody's sync time or their tick rates or or lag or or anything. It's all going to be kind of an independent experience on the level of, like, everybody signs into, 
you know, a leaderboard almost. Yeah. So it probably isn't going to be that big of a deal. But if those servers aren't up and running when that thing goes live at 9 p.m. on August 8th, hell to pay. <laughs> oh. If they have to be. I'm, I'm, I might buy a ticket to, to, to England just to have it ready. <laughs> Is it going to be up in five and a half hours? Because that's how long it's going to take me to get on that, get on that plane. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Crackdown 3, shown at E3 last year. We got like two Supposed seconds. to be some kind of a multiplayer beta coming up. They show two seconds in a sizzle reel. I don't have a theory on this one. I, I don't f- either. I figure, I figure it's just they're trying to figure it out. Who's making this one? I don't even remember. Neither do I. Yeah, I have no clue. Next year. I guess, I guess, like, if they're supposed to be a beta this summer. I, if that was going to happen, I mean, maybe it might, but, like, why? Yeah. But clearly it's not ready for this year, so why even bother? Like, are, you, are they far enough, enough along that's going to be even useful data at this point? Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, probably not. I, uh, I'm surprised, though. It's very rare that a game is... I thought we'd see something. Yeah, I mean, it's very rare a game is shown at E3, and then the next year, it doesn't. It's mm. not there at all. Like, that just doesn't happen, like... It's a cycle. Yeah, here and there. It's like you show the trailer, the next year you show the gameplay demo. Mm. Next year, if it doesn't come out of that, next year you show a more in-depth gameplay demo, and then it comes out. Like that's just typically the normal cycle and how it works. But apparently not with Crackdown Three, uh, Kingdom Hearts Three. I had projected that they would announce a release date. I never dreamed they wouldn't show it at all. No, I was pretty ready for them not to show it all. Really? Oh yeah. I thought at least they put out another trailer for this it. This thing's way out. This thing's next year in Japan at the earliest. I don't know if we'll see this in America by 2018. Well, they announced yeah. this week that all the lands are from Final Fantasy, or, or from Disney. None yeah. of them are from Final Fantasy. Well, they never have been, really. Really? Yeah. There's no Final Fantasy lands in Kingdom Hearts. Is that true? Yeah. I thought there was there's Final Fantasy characters, but there's never been any lands. I for, thought there was. No, all the worlds, are, all the worlds are Disney, and then there's like kind of only in Kingdom, you know, like Traverse Town or whatever, right. just like original to Kingdom Hearts. There's never been a, at least in, unless there was some minor like handheld game I never played. Uh, there's no, this has just been characters from Square. <laughs> GX Gear in our chat just said he has had it pre-ordered since 2011. <laughs> <laughs> Well, games, you're, GameStop you're soldier, appreciates brother. the $5 they're making interest off on you or whatever. Yeah. Like, uh, no, this is this is a 2018 release in the U.S., I think. Unless we're super lucky and they do like a near-simultaneous release uh, with Japan, which is possible. It, it would is be an smart. evergreen Because it is Disney, and you know, I'm sure Disney wants it out as much as we do at this point. It's an evergreen game. It's one of those games that they can put it out no matter what, yeah, and it's still going to sell great. But I knew they had, you know, they have 2.8 final prologue chapter ebook, whatever the hell that they're putting out this this December, <laughs> and like I knew that this, I knew that like they were gonna take, hey, here's your Kingdom Hearts and the, the um the the mobile thing, its name I can't remember because I don't care, because um, I knew this like oh there's your Kingdom Hearts, Kingdom Hearts three, that's way off, whatever. It you know, looks so. really far along though. That's the thing. Like if they well, wouldn't have shown us this crazy gameplay demo from last year, I'd have been like yeah, it's that far away. But I mean, uh, I'm sh- I mean here's the thing. I think this game's so big that we're looking, we're gonna two areas out of probably like forty or something. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's a long way to go yet. But yeah, you're right. Like the the base attacks and gameplay and effects and stuff seem to all be I mean, already. in the past, like, you didn't see this much of a Kingdom Hearts game until, like, a few months before yeah. it came out. Like, you'd maybe get you one saw the or two cinematic trailers, trailers right. early, but you didn't see stuff that like involved gameplay. as much gameplay. It shows a game being played, yeah. So, I don't think it'll... I think next year. Q4 next year, Kingdom Hearts 3. Oh. That's what I'm thinking. 
it's about damn time. I mean, there's a lot of people that are working on Final Fantasy 15 that are also on that. Yeah. So I figure a lot of the holdup is just that 15's got to get done first. Yeah. Here's one game I'm not surprised by, Dead Island 2. I don't know. If that game ever comes out at all, I'll be I'm shot. honestly think it might just ultimately be canceled. Yeah. Um, it's been handed over to another developer just three months ago, has mm-hmm. it been? Three or four months ago? Not, not long ago, no. There's that's not enough time for them to even, even figure out what they want to do with the old no. code that was there. We're just going to run this trailer forever. Yeah, we've <laughs> ran it a few times on the show before. It's a good one, at least. It is a good trailer. It's a great trailer. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, I... Uh, I don't even know if we'll see it at next year's E3. I, if it I think, ends up I having this, to be completely reworked. <laughs> I think this game is dead. I think I, I'd be. I mean, nothing's ever t- you know totally dead as we saw with Prey yeah. this year. If you want to call that, that's not even Prey. the same it's game. The same I mean, game. that's what I'm saying yeah. is probably going to happen with this. And Prey, that was what six years later we finally got another look yeah. at it. Never say never. I yeah, guess, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't say it's never coming back, but I the original incarnation of it, I think, is probably gone forever. Yeah. Um. Beyond Good and Evil 2, Ubisoft confirmed again said, this said it's week. Coming. It's still coming. And dude, wasn't though, there, I think I saw, like, it was like you curated something that said, uh, it was like a video of all the times they've said it's still coming. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just, it's like this chain of like 15 like interviews where it's just like, still coming. No, really, it's still Very coming. Very similar coming. to that so, other video that we curated that showed uh, Gaben talking about Half-Life denying 3, yeah. Half-Life 3 over the years. Just as discouraging, I might add. Um, yeah. I mean, I really have, I don't even know what to say about this game anymore. Neither does Yubi. If it shows up, cool. I don't really count on it ever being finished or done at this point. This game also seems pretty far along. They showed gameplay of it like four or five years ago. Like, I don't know what the holdup is, other than it probably isn't a good idea to publish it, period. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, this is this seems like a mirror's edge thing to me, where it's just like, I'm sure there's gonna be some people that are happy, but like, yeah. I mean, hell, I was at Best Buy the other day, and Mirror's Edge for PS4 is already half price. Yeah, it was so half price it was already. Thirty bucks. I'm not surprised. And I'm just, I'm just like, wow, that was fast. That's one of those things where I want to rewind to an old Giant episode stack of them in of the Game Face, where I said this game's gonna tank because I'm pretty sure I said it was going to, but I I don't think you have to be clairvoyant to know that that was gonna happen with that game. I'm just surprised EA decided to give it the green light in the first yeah, place. Yeah, it's, it's, every once in a while, EA does something that surprises me, I guess. So. Here's something that does surprise me that wasn't at E3. The Resident Evil 2 remake. Hmm. Figured we'd at least get a trailer. I, I mean, in hindsight, you can kind of say, oh, res- they're going to show Resident Evil 7. And they don't mm-hmm. want to step on the toes of RE7. Right. And they've got Umbrella Chronicle. Or Umbrella which they didn't Core, show. Which they didn't show, but <laughs> let's not remind people that something better's coming. You know, yeah. So. I mean, I still think they probably should have shown the remake. At least a trailer. The trailer would have been the, nice. Just to show see what the they visuals are. look like. Yeah. yeah. And they've been pumping the hell out of it. Like, for the last three months, they've been putting out all these, like, developer interviews talking about RE2 for the 20th <laughs> anniversary and all mm-hmm. this. Um, but yeah, nothing there at all, not even a trailer, nothing. Um, and then here's another Michel Ansel game, Wild, mm-hmm. completely missing in action. They've showed tons of this game, they put out trailers, they put out gameplay of it, nothing. Yeah, they had their Eagle game already. What is Michel Ansel doing? That's a valid question almost any year, <laughs> frankly. I mean, they're not working on like another Rayman or anything. That we know of. Yeah. I think Rayman's done. That's probably that. You know what? That's another series that if they never made another one, I think I'd be okay That's with true. it. That's <laughs> true. Also, Rayman has always kind of made me feel vaguely nauseous. Yeah. I don't know why. Not from motion sickness, but just there's something about him, about that world, that character, that animation that like 
bothers me, and I, I can never quite articulate, because Adam loves Rayman. It's like probably his favorite platformer, maybe next to like Ratchet & Clank. Well, you know, and if like, they made another 3D platformer, I'd be down with it. Mm-hmm. It's the side-scrolling Raymans I'm done with. I, for something about Rayman, like the whole thing has this weird sort of like... It reminds, it reminds me. It reminds me of what I. Well, no, it's like it's, it's. I think it's because it's so unmistakably French, influenced by anime kind of thing happening. Yeah. Where they have a certain animation style, like the like the uh, Fantastic Planet kind of stuff that like always set, like kind of made me feel off when I'd watch it as a yeah. kid. It actually actually looking at like the Rayman origins and stuff. It reminds me of what, the first time I ever saw Yellow Submarine. I was sick with like 102 degree fever with the flu when I was like seven, and it was one of the most nightmarish things I'd, I ever. <laughs> I mean, to this day, if I see footage from a yellow, the Yellow Submarine, like it kind of bothers me. Wow. Like it's it's like a PTSD thing. So I think for some reason Rayman reminds me of that in sort of how the abstractness of him is. Rayman and 2: I don't The like Great it. Escape was amazing for N64. That platformer was freaking amazing. Is that and Rayman that's what, 2? Yeah, The Great yeah, Escape. That was and really that's good. what Adam really really liked. I played that on the Dreamcast, and I. I, I powered through it on that one, but something about the animation style of the 2D ones in recent years like reminds me even harder, and yeah. it bothers me. Yep. Okay. Yeah, there's not really much to say about Wild, other than the game is like... It's another one of those... Yeah, it seems really fleshed out and far along from what we saw, and it's weird that they wouldn't show, they'd rather show us snowboarding. Yeah, what the hell? Yeah, that weird, steep snowboarding game that just comes out of nowhere that no one cares about, like... Probably one of the lowest tracking... I mean, imagine if they had shown Wild or Beyond Good and Evil 2 instead of Steep at the end of this press conference. Mm-hmm. You know what? I wonder if they're sort of waiting for um, Horizon to clear out. Maybe. If they, think, if they think this is a little too similar. I mean, I would say this space. game is more like Zelda Breath of the Wild than Horizon, yeah. though. Because it's like hunting and all this kind of elements to it and cooking. and. I think the game looks awesome. I mean, it's obviously there's been a lot of work put into this game, and they've yet to show it at a Ubisoft press conference. Yeah. So, look, it's him and his little team that's working on it. It doesn't look like it's him and a little team working on it, no, but it, it is. Really, it was AAA for sure. Yeah. So, I never quite know if they know what they're doing with Michel Ancel. Like, I, like they, it seems like they almost put him in like a, a building by himself with his team, and it's just sort of like just do whatever you want and. I honestly bring it don't to even us. know if Ubisoft has signed on to publish Wild. I don't know. Like, it might just be an indie game. Yeah. Well, also we'll see. But why um, wouldn't they sign it? Like, uh, well, who's, who knows if Ubisoft's even going to exist in the form we know it? Yeah. You know, Vivendi's really closing in. Twenty percent ownership right now. now. Yeah. yeah, not looking good. All right, the last one we're going to talk about: Nino Kuni Two. I was su- I was surprised we didn't see it. I thought we were going to see this one. At we got the debut trailer eight or nine months ago now, mm-hmm. somewhere around there. Like, man, I know you can't rush Ghibli, but like, um, I really thought we'd see something. Yeah, who's publishing this game? I think it's Bandai Namco. Yeah, I believe so. Someone in chat will know. I thought it was. I might be wrong. Yeah. But uh, I really thought we'd see, like, the first gameplay look at this. Like, it looks stunning. I wanted to see more of this game. Uh, I mean, yeah, Ghibli, mm-hmm. everything they do is just gold. And this game looks to be no different. But, yeah, missing an I action. I like the first one a lot. We've known about it for a long time. In fact, this game was announced when Marcus was still on Game Face. Yeah. I remember, I remember we talked about that because Drippy is Welsh. Yep. So. Yeah, exactly. So... That's how long it's been announced. Yeah. Well, maybe they're hanging on to it for, like, TGS. I mean, I know TGS isn't... They already big... passed one TGS. Well, yeah, but, I mean, who knows how long this stuff takes. Yeah. You know? But, like, it, it makes sense as a TGS reveal to me. 
uh, if TGS is still doing games like the. I know TGS yeah. is mostly mobile stuff now, but like, yeah. I imagine that's where we'll see this is TGS. I'm wondering if we'll see NX for the first time in TGS, which Nintendo never does. It yeah, never, never even done. goes it to TGS. I mean, they did reveal the Wii controller for the first time during T. They had their own event. That's During right. TGS, it was yeah, not at that's TGS, right, that's right. but I remember we all had to go to some hotel nearby and see this control when it was still called the Revolution. Yeah. Um, so they ha- they do occasionally do stuff when they know everybody's in town, in town for TGS, yeah. um, since they don't do Space World anymore. Yeah, they haven't done Space World. You since. want to really impress me, Nintendo? Bring Space World back. That would be awesome. That would be amazing. Yeah, I might go to Japan for that. I would. I would consider that. You know what? I would go. Yeah. If they did, if I knew they were going to unveil NX at Space World. I would go. I would I would go to that just to say I was there. Yeah. I mean, I would just go because it's always good to go to Tokyo. Oh, but. yeah. I'm, I'm in Tokyo in like seven <laughs> But that years, gives yeah. me, like, the excuse. Like, I would not go back there for TGS. I would accept. If, if, if they do that, let's go, to, let's go to Tokyo and cover it there. Deal. Let's do it. Let's do it. We'll see. They got to announce it soon. Yeah, they got to do something at some point, right? Yeah. But uh, they're running out of time. Yeah. I'm really starting to think that March time frame may not be so... I got a friend who's absolutely convinced it's launching next fall. Yeah. It's not, oh, it's next not, fall. It's not March. They're going to push it like to fall. It makes more sense. And like the big question becomes... What happens to Zelda? Zelda? Yeah. Do you keep the Wii U people hanging on, on, on the line? you got to release it for Wii U. I would think so. If, it, if it's delayed till fall. All right. That does it for the big six. We do have a trailer of the week this week, although it's not really a trailer for a game. Uh, Also, keep in mind, if you want to get questions in, you should do it now while the trailer of the week runs. It is a little bit longer. It's around five minutes. This is a demo for Unity called Atom. I mentioned Unity earlier because that god-awful Resident Mm -hmm. Evil Umbrella Corps is built on Unity. And just to show you how poor that game is, wait till you see what Unity can do in this.
Hey! Go on! There you have it, folks. That should be a video game. Yeah. After watching that, I want to. I wanted to play. Like I felt like as the one robot's walking away, like you should just take control of him and start walking along with the herd. Like, what if that's what you find at the end of Horizon Zero Dawn? <laughs> Who knows? But dude, I love that man. I really love the world they've constructed there. I love the little story it tells. Really good stuff. Also, it really shows off what Unity can do, man. That uh, middleware is no joke. So. Got a ton of questions here. Here's one for Rewind Play Labs. If there was one game you wish it could be remade in VR, what would it be? X-Wing. Yeah, I guess that makes perfect sense. Man, I don't know. I guess just horror games in general. Mm. Any of the Resident Evil games, uh, Resident Evil 4, any of them, I think I would like to play in VR. Um, 
I mean, a lot of them they're already doing, like Res. Like Res is perfect mm. for like VR. Like that would be great. What about like weird games like Katamari Damashi? Mm. That would be pretty crazy. Even Mario in VR would be nuts, dude. Imagine standing in the Mushroom Kingdom. <laughs> How trippy that would be. Yeah. Like I'd like to I see like surreal like, games. I'd or like to see like some games. kind of like cool VR take on like classic arcade stuff. Like I'd like to see like a VR Tempest. Yeah, that would be or great. Something. Just, just not even like it doesn't even have to be like first person everything, but just some way to like give me a You're different there. perspective on it. Like looking. Maybe where you just well. take your hand around the edge of like the screen yeah. for Tempest or whatever. Yeah. Or like um, Space Invaders. Like, yeah. From from the point of view of like the ship like, yeah. under the under the barriers and. Shooting or even like if that. you just look this way, but and they're all just stacked or, yeah. in rows, and you have like your shields in front of you, like. That's a simple concept that would be a lot of fun. Or if, or if we can go back to the original Game Boy, uh, where's Baseball 2000? Yeah. Sports like, in VR could be pretty awesome. Yeah. They get them right, but... Well, I think that's... Isn't that part of the goal is, like, to have all the players with, like, you know, the cameras on their helmets or whatever, and you'll be able to, like, watch the game from their perspective in VR? Yeah. That'd be fun. Here's a good one from W. Matthew. Xbox One Scorpio or NX if NX is next fall? Oh, NX. It's not, it's not a choice. Yeah, NX. Because I can play all the Scorpio stuff on my PC. Yep, not even a question. It's a good question, but an easy one to oh, answer. Yeah. For me, anyway, like, yeah, the new Nintendo. I mean, if you don't already have a game on PC, it is a tougher question. But. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. But, yeah. But for me, I can play all the Scorpio stuff on something I already have, so the NX is the only... I think even if I didn't have a PC at all, and all I had was a PS4 stock, an Xbox One stock... Mm-hmm. And then I had the choice of those three. I would still get NX. Yeah, because I think NX is going to offer you new stuff you can't get anywhere else, and at least you can still play, you know, the Scorpio stuff in a lesser form right. on your existing Xbox. You can still experience one. all the games. Yeah. The way to get the most games is to get the NX. Instead yeah. Of... Sure, you're playing a lesser version of whatever, but you're you're not playing any version of Zelda. Yeah, and it's only next so. year. It's like my PlayStation Four still looks pretty damn good. Yeah. Like, it's not to the point where I'm looking at the visuals and like this doesn't measure up the PC. Like Uncharted looks better than any PC game I've played in a long time. Yeah, so. they, show, they show that Neo version of Horizon. You're going to be <laughs> buying that thing in the second. We'll the see. Second about, you oh, see I'm going to buy it, no doubt. Yeah, but, but it's a matter of when, right? Right. So. With this question though, it's yeah. NX without it, without a doubt. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else. The stand user. Do you think the the Neo will be released this year? I really think it will. I, it needs to. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's everyone getting sick playing Resident Evil 7 at E3, and, like, that really is going to be its killer app, I think. Um, yeah. I, this year, worst case scenario, March. Like, where NX is supposed to mm-hmm. launch. Supposed to launch right now. Um, it sounds like now Sony regrets not showing it at E3. And because, you know, Andrew House was like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe Microsoft showed it. Like, Mm. I don't think Sony ever imagined Microsoft was going to mention Scorpio at E3. I think it just completely caught Sony off guard. Um, In all honesty, it managed to steal a little bit of thunder from Sony, Microsoft showing the hardware. So, Mm. yeah, I would say 60% yes this year. Maybe that's a little high. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'd go kind of 50-50. It won't surprise me either way, Yeah, I would say. They're running out of time to announce it's coming out this year, though. I'll say that much. TGS, Gamescom. If it passes those two with nothing about the Neo, then I'd say it's If it passes Gamescom. Gamescom's the big litmus test. That's in August. If it makes it through August and they haven't announced for it coming out this year, it's not coming out. Yeah. 
Saves me some money. I mean, <laughs> for sure. The stand user, do you have any funny Tokyo Game Show stories of old that you're willing to share? Nothing I can tell you about. Yeah. What happens in Tokyo <clears throat> probably stayed in Tokyo. I don't remember some of it. But. I mean, I have some fun stories that I can share. Mm. Uh, like the one year, the last year that everybody from Game Trailers went, um, we finally had a night off and we all went out and everyone was so wiped out that, like, after 8 o'clock, after we ate dinner, people were like, oh, I'm going to go back to the hotel. And we had, like, a fixer, like, somebody who drives you around and oh. translates for you and everything, and we were all riding in his van. And uh, and the fixer goes, oh, so we're going back to the hotel. And I was like, I'm not. I'm like, stop. And, I'm, <laughs> and my boss is sitting next to me, and he looked at me, and I'm like, there's no way I'm going home at 8 p.m. on my last night in Tokyo. I'm like, you guys can go back to the hotel? I'm getting out right here, and I'm like, I'll find something to do, and it changed everybody. They were all like, yeah, what the hell? Like, why are we going back to the airport? And we ended up, like, the first thing we ended up doing was, like, doing, like, some crazy, like, midnight bowling thing with, like, neon. I'm like, why am I doing this in Japan? I can do this in, like, Hollywood. <laughs> but then we ended up going out in Golden Guy, and we stayed out, like, all night, like, literally all night. Like, the sun was cracking up over the horizon when we finally went to bed, and then we had to fly out at, like, 5 that that day or whatever. So we slept like four hours and then slept the whole way home. But that's probably the, I don't know. I could tell millions of stories. about I mean, a lot of weird. You remember, um, you remember when we were, we were, I don't remember what, what time of the show it was, but we were there, we were both there for X-Play and we were out shopping sort of near the hotel with Morgan. And because uh, uh, TGS is monsoon season, while we were, we were in one oh, shop, she was across yeah. the street to the other shop and we go to leave the shop to meet back up with her and it is pouring oh, yeah, rain like I, I have that. never seen it yeah. anywhere before. And like we're looking across the street at each other, and we're and everyone like everyone in the shop is like backed up against this front because yeah. no one wants to go out in it. And so and Morgan's like, nope. I'm and so you and I are just like, whatever. We're men. Let's yeah. go. And we go across the street, and like in the ten feet it takes us to get to Drenched. her, just I mean, like we had yeah. stepped out of a pool. Like yeah. it was, and the water was Jumped warm. Jumped in the pool. Yeah, like, the, the, the water rain was warm. warm. It was a tropical storm. And like she's like, okay, I'm gonna keep going. Uh, you boys should go home, yeah. go back to the hotel, and change into dry clothing because holy shit. So we walked back in the pouring rain, and we walk into the lobby. We had fun walking oh, back. Oh, yeah, it was it was a lot of good times. So like I remember, we get into the lobby, and the lobby is like a, it's a pretty it was a pretty nice hotel we used to stay in, uh, Century Southern Towers, and. The lobby's like on the 21st floor. No, it's like floor. the nicest hotel yeah. in Tokyo. And it's like right across the street from Microsoft's office there. And we like go we go in and we're walking across the lobby where all these like businessmen are having meetings and champagne brunches and stuff. And here's the two gaijin Drown drenched rats. like to, to the bone. Like, like, rat, like you're, rat, we're walking rat. across like Shane's got this white shirt on. You can see his nipples through it. Like it's just like it, like we it look like good the look. we look like the most like like what are you do, what are you children doing here like yeah. kind of thing. And like yeah, it was fine. Like we. Got Got to, you know, change and everything was cool. But I, re I remember walking through that lobby just being like, we are the ugly Americans right Shooting now. Shooting sketches for X-Play was fun in Tokyo. Because, yeah. like, I did a bunch of stuff. I don't know if you remember Adam's character, Shad Grim Gravy. Mm -hmm. well, he was a great character that Adam did. Try like, explaining that in Tokyo. Yeah. Well, I did try. <laughs> I got lots of these, which means, like, stop. No, no, like, stop quit shooting. doing what you're doing. That, I mean, I shot a documentary with Team Ninja, and uh, literally in that, like, ten days, I have enough stories to tell for a lifetime. Like, I'll, I'll probably other, write a book. The other good one was, um, 
uh, I shot a, I shot a series of uh, skits with Morgan in Tokyo where she was uh, Sadako, the 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 ring girl. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember and, that. Yeah, um, I remember that. We shot we shot various places. She killed Joe Lynch, who now is yeah, yeah. A, a mildly famous indie horror director. He was our camera guy for that show. He was he was great. He was, yeah. he, was he was like. When I told him what we wanted to do, he was super excited. So he came up, oh, we can do this, we can go over and do this, we can do that. So it was, yeah. it was great. And uh, we went to uh, Harajuku, big shopping district, and we found this nice kind of sloping street where she could kind of like, I wanted like shots where like we just shot like the constant I remember that. I was humanity. on one of those shoots. Yeah, it was constant mass of humanity. Out, because that's and she was like, she'd movie. stand there, and then like we'd move her here. So like the shot would be like her here, and then here, and then here. Like she'd just disappear behind the people. Yeah. And we're doing this stuff, shooting this thing. She looked really good. She had the the, the, hood, the hair and everything. And at one point between shots, I'm like focused on getting this thing. At one point between, and the, it's great because in Japan, no one pays attention to any anything anyone's they doing. They paid attention to that. Well, no, because they, but they're just walking past her. They're not yeah. reacting to her. It looks yeah. like no one sees her basically. And at some point between shots, uh, Ryan Vance, our executive producer, goes goes Matt, turn around. And I was like, well, and I turn around. Literally, like three hundred people yeah. have stopped and turned and are watching this. Yeah. And I'm like, what the? Fu-? And I go to Morgan and I go and I go, okay. I go to Morgan. I whisper in her ear. I go, lunge at him. Like, like <laughs> we're gonna shoot this thing and go and go at him. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. And she and she like goes at them. Three hundred people scream and back up yeah, three feet. Yeah, it was yeah. one of the most incredible. Like you couldn't pay people <laughs> to react better. It was one of the greatest field shoots I've ever done. It was yeah, I remember such a I was time. at that shoot and just watching people because it's a Japanese horror film yeah. and they all know exactly who it they was. They exactly so. what it was and they were all. It was like everybody was role playing with us. Yeah. It was like it was like they were all freak, literally, legitimately freaking out. There were girl like high school girls running away from her uh-huh. and stuff. It was fantastic. Japan's an amazing place. It really Great. is. I highly recommend getting there. Yeah, if, if you can. Can, if you can go, do it. Yep. All right. I could tell you stories about Tokyo for literally, like, forever. Like, I yeah. could just talk That's, about it. I told you all the stuff that happened during the day. I can tell you some darker stories. Yeah. Hanging out with Team Ninja at nighttime, oh, let me tell you. I, I think I've told this story before, but, like, that uh, Itagaki, the head of Team Ninja, used to keep Shane's X-Play review of Ninja Gaiden on his phone to watch whenever he wanted to cheer himself up. I lived with them basically for 10 days, and they're crazy. Like, they're crazy. That's really the only way to put it. Even Hayashi, like, Yosuke Hayashi, he seems really reserved and quiet, but he's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's see, the Quaker. Thoughts on Splinter Cell not being at E3? I really didn't think that it was going to be at E3. No, neither did I. Um, I'm sure there's something percolating. I thought maybe it might be one of the surprise games, but it didn't happen that I way. I would have called Splinter Cell before I called Steep, that's for oh, sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, if you told me, like, will they show a new Splinter Cell or a snowboarding game? Yeah. Definitely would have guessed Splinter Cell. And yet. And yet. Like, well, it's like... Or I would have guessed Beyond Good and Evil 2. Yeah. Or Wild, or whatever, like a million other things. Or another Rayman game, for that matter. Well, rabbits have been missing in action for a while. Yeah, I don't think anyone misses them. And maybe, maybe, uh, maybe Ubisoft someone, finally figured that out. Maybe Ubisoft finally figured out that if they don't watch it, the uh, uh, actually maybe Ubisoft should just sue the minions because I'm pretty sure they stole the rabbits predate the minions, and the minions are basically rabbits. Yeah, so. you're right. Uh, here's one. So you covered games that you would like to retire. This is from Unfashionable. Uh, what game series would you most like to revive? Oh, we could go on for a while. Um, 
I mean, some stuff's getting like a spiritual successor that like is cool, but I'd rather have a real one, Wing Commander. Um, I mean, Star Citizen, I'm sure will be Star Citizen, the most Star Citizen-y Star Citizen it can be, but I'd still pretty much rather have Wing Commander 5. Um, and I'd really love to see Shinobi come back. Yeah. In whatever form, like an arcade throwback or like an, ex an, you know, an expansion of what they did on the PS2. I know there was the Shinobi 3D game on the 3DS early on, but like I, I love the Shinobi games and I'd like to see that come back somehow. Suikoden? I almost put Suikoden on our uh, sequels we don't need, my sequels we really? don't need. Really? Because again, I just don't trust anyone to get that right again. Oh, right. Well, I'm operating under the condition that like... It would be good. It would be good, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I'd love to see a new Suikoden. I mean, they already kind of revived Banjo-Kazooie. With uh, yeah, with ukulele, so I think that's the thing though is like, it's even like Castlevania, right? Like I would have I mean, said Castlevania, but Bloodstain, yeah. it's like, but or Mega again, Man. They don't make Mega Mans anymore, really. Well, like, now we found out why, didn't right? We? <laughs> but hmm. but it's like there aren't that many series. How does anymore. a game that looks like a PS2 title not run at 60 frames a second on the PS4? Like, what's <laughs> going on? What the hell is happening there? Uh, I put 20 bucks toward that game, and I'm still angry. There's people that put hundreds in on that. I almost accidentally banned somebody. My apologies if I just banned someone. Uh, let's see. One more question, if we can find it. Oh, um, I would have liked to have seen uh, Mega Man Legends 3. Eh, Speaking of Mega not Man. Not a bad pick. <laughs> and, uh, and let's res resurrect Maximo while we're at it. So we're talking Capcom. I miss Ghosts and Goblins. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, I mean, since the PS2 era, that hasn't really been... Yeah. Hasn't really had an entry. Um, Vox91, any bold predictions for the NX? I think it's too early, probably, for that. Mm -hmm. There'll be a Mario game. Yeah. There'll be a Zelda game. Be a right Zelda at game. launch. <laughs> and there'll be something about it that makes you kind of go, ugh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's been all kinds or, of... Or... Hmm? <laughs> There's been all kinds of developers talking, like, since E3. Like, CD Projekt Red was like, oh, it's yeah, like... Yeah, seem very positive on it. I mean, you... sounds like there's probably going to be a Witcher 3 port on Maybe. Thing. And Ubisoft was saying that it could capture back the audience of the Wii. I don't know if that's good well, news or not. That's not nice. I mean, it's good for Nintendo. <laughs> good for us. I don't know. Not so much. If only we could bring the, the heyday of carnival games back. That's what I've been wondering about the NX. <laughs> that multi-million dollar seller. Yeah. I think that was the only game that 2K released on the Wii other than Rockstar Table Tennis. Did they even release that on Wii? I don't remember. I don't either. The Wii software, li software library is something to forget for the most part. Vast and infinite. Yeah. You know, and you completely know what, forgettable. You know what I'd like to see a follow-up to, though? Deadly Creatures. Oh, wow, I really? I kind of dug that game. <laughs> it was weird. It was weird. I, I don't understand why it existed, but I was kind of on board. Any game to start you in a, in a coffin with a corpse as a tarantula, you've got my attention. Yeah. All right, I think that's it for the questions. Someone, Bean1, says, Zelda's not confirmed for a launch. In fact, Zelda has no release window besides 2017. You don't think Zelda's a launch game for that system? You're out of your mind. Yeah, it's... Like, there's no it's way. It's all but confirmed. Yeah. It's about as confirmed as it could be without being confirmed. And if it isn't, then I'll see you with the real launch. Then that's a huge mistake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a huge mistake. 
So, all right, well, that's it. Because if it's not, then why delay the Wii U version? Exactly. Which they may not end up doing after all if this gets pushed to Q4. So, Do you think there's, in, is there, there's a scenario in which the, the game does not come out for the Wii U? At all? Yeah. No. Uh-uh. There's a point at which they decide they don't want to release it separately, but they also don't want to keep the Wii U I see where you're like, going, hanging there, but like they, eventually they no. just cut, cut their losses and say it's an NX game? I don't think so. That would be so cruel. Oh, it'd be horrible. Yeah. I don't think that be, they would do that. would be the meanest thing they've ever done. I mean, done. one thing I will say is Nintendo does legitimately care about its fans. Mm. Like, it's not lip service or whatever. Like, it knows. I mean, it should, but it should really appreciate the 10 million people who bought the Wii yeah. U. Um, I'm just, my question just kind of, I guess, stems from the idea, is Nintendo cynical enough? to recognize that those 10 million people are probably going to complain but still buy, buy it. it anyway. That would be some dirty pool. That's be all some I can re- say. That'd, yeah, that would be some... You don't see Nintendo yeah. doing stuff I like don't, that. I don't. Like, I don't want doesn't. to. But, but it I, doesn't, though. Right. But that's what I'm asking is like, is it? Or am I just? do I just not want to think that about that company? I don't think they'd ever do that. I, I just... It would it be seems com- It would be out completely of out of character for their corporate culture, I guess is the best yeah. way to put it. So I highly doubt it, but you never know. That'd be one hell of a Reggie. Stranger things here. have definitely yeah. happened. That's for sure. So when someone's saying Vin asked some good questions, but I didn't actually see Vin ask any questions. I see him talking smack. Hmm. I keep going up. I see Vin saying Shane in the red light district of Shinjuku. Never been there ever. I don't see any of his questions. All right, we got to go. Have you been to Shinjuku? Have I been to Shinjuku? The red light district of Shinjuku? No, I've never been. Really? Mm-mm. It's like just north of where we stay, used to stay. I never stayed, hung out in Shinjuku. Hmm. I did some shopping in Shinjuku, but down in Shinjuku, like where all the buildings and everything are. I don't even know where the red light district is there. It's like a little north of where we did, where that shopping rain story happened. Yeah. So you go a little further north and you're there. Yeah, I never went. We've accidentally ended up in the southern reaches of it before. Huh. Uh, but we never, like, so we didn't hit the I point. never went there to be there, I guess, is the best way no, to put well, it. I may have accidentally wandered I in I only there. knew it because, look, even the red light district in Tokyo is really nice. Like, it, it, like and I only knew it because I'm like, oh, this is the place from, from Yakuza. No. I, I recognize from the game. <laughs> and I'm like, this is that place from Yakuza because I recognize everyone's, everything. So. Then he'll says, shopping. Right. <laughs> shopping for what is the question, right? All right, that's going to do it for Game Face, episode 54. Uh, next week, we should be back on Thursday. Is that should right? Be, yeah. Yep. Matt's heading out of town, wishing well on his trip. Uh, thanks to everybody in Europe who is stuck around. I know it's starting at 7. It makes it even worse for you guys. Or... Oh, yeah, we still got Sifted Elite. That's right. We haven't done it for a couple weeks. I totally forgot. Before we go, we have Sifted Elite to get through. All right, let's bring up the regular Sifted Elite members. These are people who, who donated well after we met our quota for our equipment rebuy. So these people are really dedicated. Beernison, Delirious. And I love this one, Heavy D. He's the overweight love of Heavy D. Do you remember that song from like the yeah. 80s? <laughs> and the Specter of Madness. <laughs> And then we have a couple Sifted Elite All-Stars as well. Let's bring them up. Danny Endurance, he, he worked hard for it. He actually donated a couple different times to get him up over the limit to become one of the All-Stars. 
And as you just saw on the prior screen, Burnison, he went all in right out of the gate. He <laughs> donated to become Sifted Elite and hit all-star status right at the same time. Thank you guys so much. Appreciate it. Can't say it enough. You guys rock. Uh, like I said, don't forget, we have a brand new crews are on the site right now. Go and join one. Check them out. They're cool. They're fun. All the kids are doing it. And achievements coming very soon as soon as we get the art done. So with that, we can really put close the book on Game Face episode 54. We'll see you next Thursday, 7 p.m. Pacific. Game Face is up and out. <laughs>